everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Creator's Outlet. And our special guest is Shane from Kid Toad Inc. King Toad Inc. I knew that name from another dude, too. He's been on the show and co-hosted with me, John Joe Ball. But we get Shane. That's cool. <laughs> you got me tonight. That's all right. <laughs> we get we got to get both hats going, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to do more shows where, like, both of us are on it. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, I realized time got away from me because I, I had a doctor's appointment to get work done on my leg today. And uh, so I meant to, like, DM him, like, either last night or this morning and be like, Shane's coming on tomorrow. You want to come on with him? If you have, like, a spare second. <laughs> but <laughs> he's, like just, a, he's like a late night creature. Like, Yeah, night. I know. Now, I, I work nights, so I'm used to that, but... I'm usually, you know, at work while he's up in the uh, streaming. Oh, yeah. So you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, drawing or doing whatever John Ball does in the middle of the night. Uh, smoking like two, three packs. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I didn't give him to stop. Like, you're going to die on me, Joe Young. Stop smoking. <laughs> nope. Nicotine prefer- preserves my soul. <laughs> so. Give us your uh, your background into uh, where you are now in comics. Where I'm in the comics, the background. Um, well, you know, being an 80s kid, I guess we'll start there where, you know, grew up with the, uh, I don't know, like the, the beginning of like the X-Men uh, uh, Jim Lee era, I would say. Yep. What, going to the, the uh, what was that? Late, late 80s, 80s, early 90s. 90s, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of my era of, of comics, you know, so I got to step into that realm of, of X-Men, I would say, would be my first really uh, experience with uh, uh, collecting uh, X, or, uh, comics. Grabbing my issue from Walmart here and there. I said we didn't have a comic book store, so I didn't have, like, tons of comics. So I just kind of grabbed what I could, and that was about mm-hmm. it. X-Men and uh, uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a big thing I could grab. Um, ooh, what else? Uh, Punisher Warzone, I think, was a thing that was kind of really big during that 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 yeah. period. Uh that was I think I think that was Jim Lee too, wasn't it? Yeah. Warzone, Punisher Warzone. Uh some of the covers at least in probably a few issues. Yeah. He probably yeah. did the interiors. Because you know he wasn't the uh the corporate mogul we know him as today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that that's kind of like where I, I started. Um again grew up 80s, 90s, so uh, I was big influenced with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, not so much the comics. I couldn't get a hold of the comics back then. I mean, I don't know how... Being in the 80s, so I was a tiny guy. So, you know, Turtles... I don't know I don't know how uh, uh, that was in the comic book stores. Like, you know, it was probably geared more towards uh, the teenagers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> versus me who's watching, like, the 90s, you know, 80s, 80s cartoon. You know, I'm sure that the older guys were like, this is garbage compared to you know what it's supposed to be but you know yeah i, I was i was one of those guys <laughs> see i, I think it's kind of how that goes you know to me being the, the 80s guy be like man you know turtles was was this way i grew up with the the smiley guys with the cowabunga and i can only imagine if i was my age now and then you know seeing what com- the comic was being like can't believe it turns into a kid's you know, I, I was one of those show. guys that i was always in the comic shops i worked for my buddy at, at his comic store so i was always there seeing what was up, coming by with coffee and, you know, picking stuff up. And uh, the week that hit the shelves, I'm like, 
what the hell is that? He goes, oh, that's a that's a new indie book. It's really hot called uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> friggin' stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Give me my last 75 issues of Batman. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I Next. passed on it. And then years later, I'm like, myself <laughs> yeah now uh did you did you get uh any chance to read uh last ronin yes yeah i haven't i, yes I no? haven't i haven't i like i get the first like two issues they were like you know the 59th prince or something mm -hmm. um i want to just outright buy the uh the hardcover yeah that's why i got the hardcover i got the first two issues and then i went and got the hardcover yeah that's so, what i got I'll eventually buy the hardcover and read it all the way through. And now they're like, it did so well. Let's milk it like our name is Disney. Yeah, I don't know. I know they're going to do a game, and I think they did some um like side issues now of Last Ronin. Yeah, they, they started like another it's still Last Ronin, but it's Last Ronin something else. I guess yeah. it's like backstory and you know. Yeah, it was it was it's a, it was pretty good. Um I, I still think it had some some flaws in it, you know. I don't think it's like mm -hmm. the perfect thing. Um, I think the concept and the idea is is cool. Um, some of the execution on, like, I think, let's uh, 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 see, I can't remember Shredder's daughter, but her son is like the main antagonist in that. And I think the final showdown with him, without spoilers, uh, was a little lackluster for me. Mm. Um, I think. Uh, do you know? I don't know if I, I don't know if I say this. Uh, one of the turtles' deaths was was pretty cool, uh, but I felt like the others was kind of like I felt a little side noted. Uh, I don't know. So more, like, it was like more, hit miss. More, more suicidey than actual death. I wouldn't really say suicidey, but like they went right out and showed um, one of the deaths, like really cool. Uh, but the other two were like kind of almost like. I felt like they were killed off screen, and I'm like, yeah. you're, "You're, it's, it's your comic book. Like, you're, if you're gonna sit there and, and kill the turtles, at least, you know, show a little bit more." But I did like, yeah. like I, I did like April in it. I thought that was a cool take on her, where, uh, um, she's like missing an arm, and I think a leg. Um, so she's kind of fucked up. And then uh, her daughter, it's kind of cool that her daughter's there. Um, Again, Casey. Casey was um, a victim of not being alive, <laughs> so I, he was he was also killed kind of off screen. I was like, so mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought they could. I think they could. I think they could take their time a little bit more with it. I think it could have been a few more issues or something. And uh, Baxter Stockman was really cool in it. I know I'm kind of going on a turtle rant here, but you know, again, that's where kind of where I, I said though, like when you asked me yeah. how I got into this. You know, growing up, like I say, turtles and stuff like that was kind of my jam. Uh, not so much collecting a bunch of comics, but you know, it's still in the same realm of yeah, of, uh, what we grew up on. <laughs> yeah, fan fandom stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, funny thing was that uh, the same time that came out, um, or, or just following like that first issue, we got the uh, the fish police. Fish police was that a show? Uh, I think they made like a short run cartoon for it. Yeah, but, it was yeah. really weird. I remember that coming out when I was a kid. Like it was like on like 
seven o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember Tur that. Turtles uh, spawned the uh, the cute little talking animal uh, comics. So we we had that, and then of course Don Chin came out with radioactive black belt hamsters. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I don't remember uh, that one. That was the first time I, I I heard his name was for that, and then uh, that's a mouthful. He, yeah, he went right from he went right from that to uh, just doing like pat parody stuff like uh, the uh, the compilation that he put out uh, the other year that had like a whole bunch of like you know spoofs on Marvel characters. Uh, X Farce was actually done and put out in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. And I probably have a copy of it somewhere in all those boxes. <laughs> um, I go, this is hilarious. I gotta check this out. That was, that, that, that was kind of I a go, big thing back in the uh, biker mice from Mars. Biker mice from Mars, the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think they're in the talks of making live action of that now. But I, I'm sure that was kind of a influence from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, they were trying to like capitalize on that. You know. Yeah, it was. It was all the anamorphic animal craze. Yeah. Back oh, in uh, what was the street sharks? I'm surprised we haven't seen anything from that in a while. Street sharks too. Those toys are still expensive, man. Do you ever come across those in conventions? Oh. Um, They're I've not seen easy them, to get a hold of. Because for a while, I was I was taken to uh, Facebook auctions and selling a bunch of my toys because I got way too much crap. But uh, then Facebook decided it wanted to go to war with StreamYard. Mm -hmm. And you could only stream on Facebook if you were using your mobile device to stream. If oh. you were using a computer like I use to do these nope uh five minutes in every stream you get booted out and have to try to get back in and oh, it was just i was just like forget it i'm done so who was your biggest influence to create your own stuff um i wouldn't say like i really just had like an influence from somebody like I mean, I said, like, I grew up with, like, the Kevin Eastman's and stuff like that. It's not like I really idolized anybody in particular as much just just wanting to be an entrepreneur myself, you know? Like, me and me and John, man, we've been, like, trying this shit since high school. we know each other since high school, all right? So, I guess, like, you know, at that time, you know, we idolized, I, I'd say, like, the gym leads and stuff. You would go out of our way to go to the conventions to meet these guys uh alex well, alex ross yep you know guys like that uh is always kind of like a awesome thing that to meet him you know mike turner we got to meet him mm -hmm. um but i think we're always just been driven just to kind of do our own thing you know we always just wanted to create comics or create something you know because uh uh while john was like pursuing comics uh i i pursued a little bit more on the writing side of things and did some like indie you know books and stuff like that uh like chapter books because i i was in like growing up goosebumps was huge when i was growing up oh yeah yeah but uh, uh i kind of took that route did a couple of uh chapter books and stuff like that uh so i'd say oh stein was like a big influence for me as a writer kind of thing more than mm -hmm. like a, a comic book person i like i was like trying to you know uh be like or something um, but yeah, like me and John, since high school, we always had like a plan to, to, to try to make it. And back then, you know, it wasn't like today where like you can, just, you know, get on the internet 
and literally go to like sites and uh, find artists, you know, like you can now or writers yeah. or not so much even that, like, like I would say like even just getting your stuff out there, you know, like we couldn't just do this back in the day and be like, Hey, look, I got a book, you know, and then whoever's watching can see it. And, you know, back then you had a, uh, you had to submit to either image Marvel or DC and you had to follow their guidelines. You know, they have like a little script and stuff. Um, you would, me and John would, would write it out. Uh, he'd draw up about six, six to 10 pages and we'd submit it, you know, and then you had to wait like six months to get something back from them. And usually we always got the letter, you know, like yeah. we're not taking any, you know, uh, new hires at this moment. Uh, please submit again within like, you know, three months or something like that. Uh, we went through that period for a while. Um, we went to the cons, uh, like, like Joe would have like his whole big portfolio and we'd go up to, uh, I got pictures somewhere like me and Alex Jones and, and JB, like, you know, we're all like staying next to and like, and uh, Jim Lee, uh, was like point stuff out for John back in the day, like mm-hmm. uh, to work on this or work on the highlights here, stuff like that. So we, you know, we try that. Um, he got a little burned out. I mean, we both did because you know conventions, you know, they're, yeah. not, they're not cheap, you know, and you're you're standing in line and, and the competition and all that. So then we that's when we went to uh, business for ourselves when it came to owning comic book stores. So we're like, well, if we can't if we can't make them, we'll just sell them. Sell them. <laughs> yeah. And we, we opened up, uh, we actually had two different stores, uh, different times. Uh, but both times, like, I think we just kind of still felt we wanted to create more than run a shop. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as we love our fellow nerds, sometimes it can be a pain in the ass when you're not like, when you want to be more <laughs> of a creator than somebody who just sells mm-hmm. that stuff. You know? So then uh, we got back into it. Like, he was always writing. I mean, you know, he, uh, death, death, death. He's been writing that. Uh, since we opened our first shop back in like early 2000s, um, it's always been something he's kind of been morphing and, and, and coming up with like his big, you know, his big baby, his big project. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really just wanted to get back on that. So we, we, we uh, closed shop and got back into the creative side of things. And uh, I went back into writing and he got a hold of me. He was like, hey, there's this thing called, you know, Comicsgate. You know, it's this movement uh, for, you know, you know, indie creators um, and uh, fans where we can actually do our own thing and not really have to, like, you know, follow these guidelines of DC and Marvel. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So I've been here for in, in the indie go-go and the uh, 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 comic skate scene for three years. <laughs> I did a – my first project was – Mothman. Uh, we did that because uh, we originally they had three of us. There was when we when we started up King Toad, um, it was me, Sweens, and Joe. Um, and I figured well, since we're all from like we're all on the Ohio side of things, we're pretty close to West Virginia. We all know the Mothman stuff, so that's why I I, I was like, you know, I'll go with the Mothman uh, story to kind of get going and and figuring all this out. And so I did that. That was my first campaign. So, and now, now, uh, I'm doing Swarm because we have Death, Death, Death being made, and it's kind of like a, it's a big story. You know, it's only, I think, uh, I don't know how many volumes he plans to have, but you know, the first one, like, say, like 300 pages. So it's this big, you know, dark graphic novel kind of um, book. Uh, and I said we did Mothman, which is kind of on the horror side of things. 
And I was like, well, we, we need a we need a superhero as well to go along with, you know, if we're going to create this company, we want to have a variety of different things that we can provide and, and to the customers and stuff. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to work on um, Swarm, which actually came from a book that me and Jay or John Ball were doing uh, early 2000s. We came up with a team book. Uh, we did about 12 pages in and I kind of shut it down. But there's some characters in there that, you know, me and him developed. I'm like, you know, what? I think I could take this character, reformat it, and and fit the style of uh, a superhero. And that's how Swarm was born. I think originally he was like a more like a robotic kind of creature and uh, not the case this time around. But, yeah, I don't know if that sums up cool. uh, <laughs> from where we started to where I am now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Bunch of nerd stuff in there. It's, and just trying, trying to, that's like me and JB, we just tried a lot of different stuff since, you know, our, our high school days. <laughs> and here it is. Yes. Yes. Now that was another thing too, is, um, I did want to, if I could, I would. And that was kind of my, my, my uh, thing with swarm as well. When it came to having it finished, I wanted a finished book if I could. And I told Joe, I was like, I'm pretty sure I can, I can do it. You know, it might take me a little time. So, you know, I spent the past year making sure I got everything done. And, and it doesn't just go for, I know people will be like, um, you know, the whole crowdfunding thing is to, is to, um, you know, get the funds to make a book. Um, but, you know, CG comes with a lot of like hate. A lot of people think, you know, uh, comics get guys, you know, they don't uh, finish projects. We hear that all the time. And, you know, we know it's not true, but, you know, I didn't want to part of that, that stigma if I could, if I could help it, you know. So I said, we, we were promoting death, death, death a lot this past year. I said, well, while we're doing that, I'll take the time to um, sneak out my own pocket and get Swarm completely finished. That way nobody can come attacking King Toad, <laughs> saying, you know, well, how long is it going to take for this book and all that, you know. Even, within, even doing this for a whole year out of my own pocket, you know, you still come up with, with um, bumps in the road. And mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know. Uh, uh, Eugene did the coloring, but you know, Eugene was also doing like two to three other books, and he did like so he got through uh, quite a bit of it, but he started getting backed up. So I had to kind of think on my feet. I'm like, you know, I have I'm always really I'm really goal oriented. I like things done. You know, I don't mm -hmm. like to push people though. You know, I don't I don't want to be like, hey, this has to be done. But if it can't get done at a certain time, I I had to figure out something. And I say Eugene did an awesome job. Um, but he was also, what was it he's working on? Uh, he's working for uh, Phil Diaz's books. Uh, he's doing Lost Pages. Oh, yeah. He's doing like two other books. And I was like, all right, he's getting too small with work. Uh, I didn't want to be put too much on the back burner. So then uh, um, I got uh, Sim. Sim came in and uh, Potier. Sim Potier came in and uh, uh, I think that's how you say his last name. I always forget how to say Sim's last name. <laughs> that but, crazy uh, Canadian French stuff. Yeah, so I was like, I'll get this. I'll get this crazy Canadian to to, to uh, work on it, and uh, so he did some coloring for me as well, uh, helped me finish up the book. Uh, so I I got I got so many different people on this. Um, some of it was out of luck, like Adam Miller, uh, who did the back cover there with the Night Wasp on it. Uh, he he threw something up on online or something saying like uh, doing a. a couple pieces if anybody's interested in hiring me for you know and so I was, I was like one of the first people to like hit him up before you know we got too much 
going on for him. Um, so that was kind of luck. And uh, uh, Michael Yakutis, he did the uh, cover, the original cover that has Armadillo on it. He did some of the prints. But uh, yeah, I say a lot of a lot of work. But you know, we got it done within a year. Uh, I was like, all right, I can launch this and um, see how it does on Indiegogo. I, I set the I set the three K on there because um, it gives me a little bit of a challenge too. I think you know another thing you want to do with the Indiegogos and stuff like that is you got to kind of challenge yourself. Uh, I think if you set two. You know, a lot of people set like five hundred dollar goal, right? Mm-hmm. But then I feel like I don't know if I, if you challenge yourself enough to like really get yourself out there. You know, you don't really push yourself as much. Yeah, that might just be me. I feel like I said three K that way. It, it, it makes me force myself to you know go on shows and and I'm not that I'm anti-social or anything. <laughs> but I'm not the best at these type of things, you know. So like, but you know, it, 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 I, I always feel it's kind of a good good thing that. You know, okay, I gotta make, I gotta try to get this goal. You know, so you just, you know, you motivate yourself uh, to reach out to more people. You know, so you know, if you, I feel like if I set to like five hundred, and I would have made five hundred on like, I, I said that my first week I did, I did a one k. Then I would have been like, all right, I guess I could just do the morning roast and be cool and and you know, but like I said, I think it's like it, it's a good goal to to, to get me out there and and. Uh, try new shows and, and meet more people and get in front of the audience a little bit better. Hey, Lindwin. Oh, hell it. I could have sworn I saw a certain ace on a print in this campaign. Yes, yes. Uh, me and Ace are pretty good friends, part of the Hardline group. Uh, he also has some King Toad uh, on our King Toad site. We do have Ace 2 on there, uh, Volume 2, if anybody missed that. Uh, we do have that. Cool. And yeah, yeah, got one of the prints of uh, Swarm. Ooh, shiny! Mm, yeah, there's nothing. Nice. We got. I said we got. We went ahead and got the uh, the prints all made up. Um, got all, all three. All three prints are already, already done. Nice. Made up. I only got one print. I still need to get done. It's like the exclusive that comes with the uh, sketch card goals mm-hmm. or sketch card uh, perks. I still got to get that one uh, made up. Yeah, got little boxes made up for those. Oh, uh, nice. That was kind of, I, I, uh, you know, me and John eventually would like to try out, like, action figures and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. If we ever get, you know, that big. <laughs> but, you know, like, I was like, hey, well, I'm going to try out some little boxes. He just kind of started in that that uh, mind mindset of getting that kind of supply. So I was like, you know what, I'll get these little boxes printed out. Um, we can put our sketch cards in it to those backers. And yeah, yeah, that's that that's a cool idea. Uh, I I actually saw that because like earlier today I go, well, let me study up a little because I haven't talked to Shane outside of busted his shops on Chris's show. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I was going popping back and forth uh, to a couple shows you did, uh, and then of course, uh, thanks to the end of Boob, I stuck to your Red Valkyrie interview for a while. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and I saw that box. I'm like, oh, that's pretty rad. I have I have lots of boxes, and so <laughs> some of them are filled with with goodies, because I did uh, <clears throat> I went all in on uh, the collector's box and the merch campaign for uh, 
Global Frequency's first book. What is, what is their first book? Uh, Mavericks. Mavericks? Okay, okay. M-A-V-R-I-C-S. Yes, he knows he spelled it wrong on purpose. Yeah, I got a, I got a show with them, I think, uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not as familiar with like uh, their comics and stuff. Joe is. Yeah. Joe is. I'm, I'm playing catch up with a couple of people I'm not as familiar with. Well, they've got that one out and they're working with uh, Michael Oden on, uh, on his book. So they're like they're teaming up doing editing and, and various other things. Oh, on okay. the book, and they're going to be the publisher for it, uh, Judex. Okay. So uh, just, uh, does he uh, is he is he right or is he the artist? Uh, Neff's the writer, yeah. Okay. And uh, Frequency Girl does everything else. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all the important stuff, like you know, setting up all the bundles to ship out, and all the fun stuff. Yeah. All the she does all the logistics stuff. <laughs> you know, otherwise we'd still be waiting for it. <laughs> oh, no. uh, I gave him such a hard time because of the paper shortage and everything. I go, dude, you're in Connecticut. This tree's there. Buy a chainsaw. Make your own paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the global paper shop. Let's go. Comes with exclusive termites. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Read it before it's gone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So let's uh, let's take a look at this uh, this trailer. Now, Chris, Chris from uh, Morning Rose likes to make fun of me on that one because it has the TikTok on there. <laughs> He's like, Shay, why has it got the TikTok? And I'm like, you know why, Chris? Because TikTok music's free. <laughs> so I use yeah, and, their, and, their music and that's to make my videos. <laughs> yeah, that's why we made it. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, shut it. <laughs> <laughs> well, heck, man, like uh, when I did um, Mothman, it cost me like, Fifty dollars just to get you know music for it. <laughs> like, I'm like, there's got to be a cheaper way. So I found it, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> that was it. That's how <clears> I was able <throat> to hire somebody else for something else. You know, save money where I could. <laughs> we got to move stuff around. So, <laughs> yeah. this book is fifty-page action-packed superhero tale of an orphan child named Joel. Who thinks he has finally found his new family, but is tragically mistaken. A diabolical organization called the U.S. government, I mean, uh, has developed a serial <laughs> hey, not, not serum, far off. not, far not off. that far off, of weaponized genetics that combines a rapid evolutionary process that when mixed with human and animal DNA can transform a common human 
into an elite fighting soldier. That's, it reminds me a little bit of the Silver Age character from, from DC called Buana Beast. Buana Beast? I don't know that one. Buana Beast. Um, his, his power, which was handed down through generations, um, is that he can combine two animal species together of anything and create a new thing that he can use to fight, you know, the people in doing bad things in the jungle or whatever. Also, like, it was like a guy who could like, just like touch two animals and put them together. Yeah. All them poor animals. <laughs> it's just like a, this is like some like ant ears just chilling and then he's just like, he just throws yeah. a porcupine at it. He's like, ah. and now you're a, a fighting machine. <laughs> yeah. Ligor was a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now it is again, because, you know, well, we're just crossbreeding them in the zoo. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Have you watched Jurassic Park yet? Yep. So tell us about the featured bundle. Uh, featured bundle? Yeah, you get uh, the Joe Ball uh, cover, the Michael Yakutis cover, and the Adam Miller cover with all three prints. Is what you get in the all-cover bundle. Now we don't miss any of the covers. Sorry. Yeah. Originally, it was only have two covers, but uh, Joe went ahead and, and did that one. So I'm like, I guess we're, we will have three covers. That's about it, though. I, I don't want to, you know, you, you start getting too many covers on these projects and it gets a little out of hand. Yeah. So, so uh, I, 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 I really know, wanted to I stick know with some two, of those, but, but yeah, I figured, you know, there's a lot of Joe Ball fans out there. So I didn't want to do another print. I'm like, we can do, we can do three covers. I, I can do that. That's it. <laughs> the rest is just going to be prints. <laughs> We yeah, this, this is the direction. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this, this is, is the this Michael. Is, this, oh, I'm sorry, I keep stepping on you. No, no, you're fine. Uh, this is the Michael Yakutis cover. It comes with the three prints, and like I said, we already have um, the copy of these already made up. Just gotta get them, you know, mass produced. Uh, I have that one, and I do have the Adam Miller one that we just kind of oh. showed a little bit there. So, who's this big dude on Michael's cover? Uh, that right there is Armadillo. He will be in oh, okay. the uh, first arc of the, uh, the volume of the book. He, I seen how we was talking, Swarm himself, Joel, was an orphan who was taken uh, by this organization because they, they experiment on, on kids and, you know, whoever they get a hold of. Uh, they, they test the serums out on them. And, you know, if it's successful, they will either sell the child themselves as the mutant. Like, okay, this wasn't a successful one. We can sell this kid in the black market and they can use him, you know, as a weapon. Or sometimes they will sell the serum. Now, in Armadillo's case, he is is, is still in that, that realm of things, but he's on the, the villain side. He's, he's one of those willing ones. You know, he's like uh, uh, ones that, that what took the serum to become what he is, you know, he wasn't forced. Um, but he does work for that organization because, you know, uh, I don't go into like big story arc with the first volume as much as like, I wanted to keep, you know, everything moving, you know, excitingly. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't get a lot of Armadillo's backstory um, in that, but but I mean, he, he is working for uh, uh, our black market organization and, uh, comes across uh, the conflict between him and 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 Swarm uh, as 
armadillo is transporting uh, the next batch of children. That's where Swarm will intervene and take on armadillo. But yeah, that's that's where he comes into it. So he's on the other side of the spectrum when you have you know Swarm, Joel, the victim who uses his power to now to try to stop those uh, to continue these projects. And then you got people like Armadillo, who's now hired uh, to continue them. <laughs> Sounds it's it's got a it's got a little uh, tip of the tip of the hat from that uh, that independent movie that came out and blew Indiana Jones out of the uh, box office. What's that? What's that one? Um, Sound of Freedom. Oh yeah, with the child charity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, got a little bit of that going on. Yeah. Gotta stop that tra traffic child. Adam's yep. cover is like insane. Yeah, Adam Miller is amazing. He just kind of came out of nowhere, and like I say, he he just threw up a, a thing, like said, "Hey, uh, anybody need any work?" And I was just like, I just immediately DM'd him. I'm like, "Hey, I I I, I wouldn't mind <laughs> you know getting a piece from you." And he's he's a cool dude. Uh, I'm glad I got a hold of him now before he really blows up because I'm sure. You know, he'll be oh, yeah. one of the really big in-demand guys. Uh, he's doing a whole trading card uh, set for like uh, Comicsgate. Uh, I already did. I already did my little contract with him, uh, so um, there will be an exclusive Swarm trading card for his set oh, when nice. that comes out. So uh, yeah, check out Adam Miller on uh, Twitter, and uh, I know he's showing stuff here and there, uh, like small little clips of the ones that he's doing like here's your, like a shoulder but like, can you guess who this is i think he's doing stuff like that on on his twitter mm -hmm. so i don't know exactly all he's got uh lined up for his trading card um but i mean you know people like you know he's already he's already on the radar for like the uh shane davis and uh, uh ethan van skyver's already talked about him so i think adam adam miller's definitely gonna be the an upcoming star of the the cg realm i think Oh, for sure. Yeah, I got a I got a buddy of mine who's a uh, who's a cover artist, freelance illustrator. Uh, goes his screen name everywhere is Sean Zilla. Uh, Sean Howe. He got hit up uh, like two days ago. He got an email from uh, one of the trading card companies that they wanted him to do like a chase set of cards hmm. for them. And I'm like, uh, upper deck, I think. And I'm like, well, before you act on that, go talk to Frankie B. Washington, because he's done work for Upper Deck in the past, many years ago. Uh, and you can get any of the warning signs from him, wow. <laughs> whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. He goes, it's just nice to be recognized. I go, yeah, but, you know, if you can win the prize, win the prize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that right there's your... Uh joe ball cover oh yeah yeah he wanted to go with that you know a little bit more the old school um feel where you had like the you know the little wording there you know swarm feels the sting you know it's kind of like the old school you can get the on the top you have all the little characters uh in the in the little you know bubble <laughs> so you got the corner box he's got the corner yeah. box go yeah <laughs> world's greatest comic heroes Yep, yep. So you have that uh, available as well. 
I don't have that one um, in proof yet. That's uh, Thursday, which will be tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. tomorrow. We'll be uh, ordering the, the proof for that. Because I was just waiting for the Adam Miller one to come in. And then I'll, you know, make sure it looked good. And then I was going to do the Joe, Joe Ball one next. So nice. it usually takes about uh, two weeks. So within two weeks, I'll have that proof. And I'll be slapping that all over uh, Twitter, pestering all the people who's probably tired of seeing me post swarm every day <laughs> well i first heard about this project actually through sim oh yeah okay because he was sharing up one of the pieces that he worked on and i'm like i go that looks cool yeah he's uh right there there's a there's this one of his that's gonna be the the back of it yeah on the back cover yep nice and there's our ace and swarm team up uh say me and ace are pretty good friends and I wanted to do like a, a a short in volume one, but I just didn't have enough time and uh, 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 funds to mm-hmm. get uh, uh, add on to it. But I think for volume two, we'll try to, to slip in um, a short run in there where there's two team up. Uh, That'd be cool, yeah. Yeah, it probably like like the, either in the middle of the comic or the end, just kind of like a, a short, you know, five to ten page kind of cool little little thing where like their universe is kind of either like maybe swarm himself is fighting somebody and then ace shows up to help or vice versa however we end up writing it together uh because i talked to ace about it and he's up for it um you know it's always cool you can even you can even do a parody ripoff of like the old hostess cupcake commercials from the 70s (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, the snickers and all those like they always had these little ads in there where they teamed up yeah yeah those are always cool Swarm and Amadillo print. Yeah, that was uh, Elliot Rodriguez did that one. Mm-hmm. That's actually one of the first uh, things I had finished. Uh, he he got a hold of me and said, hey, do you mind if I uh, do a piece? And uh, I was like, yeah, man, sure. And uh, we didn't know what we were going to use it for, so we just we didn't know if we were going to do trading cards or what, but we went with a print. Cool. So, uh, Michael Beacon. Uh, Colored that piece. I always forget to mention that. Yeah. And this is our collab. We got obviously Swarm. Uh, Mothman was the first book I did. He's down there, like, giving that, oh, yeah, look at my bicep. <laughs> we, got, we got Sween's Oddity in there. And we got uh, Joe Ball's Death, Death, Death. Yes. You know, say Michael Yakutis also did that piece for me. So yeah, I had Michael Yakutis do three pieces for me. Very cool. And this horribly looking dude is showing off that we have the book finished. <laughs> looking like Dobie Gillis. I know that reference is way before your time. Yeah, I have no idea that one. <laughs> and showing off a little bit of merch behind you, the swarm shirt and Yes, our poster. Cool piece, yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, just testing it out, testing it out, seeing what works. Uh, now that's going to be uh, that's the uh, uh, um, print that comes with the sketch card bundles. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So this is the exclusive to people that buy sketch cards. Yeah, yeah. That's how you get that print. Uh, guy got a hold of me. I'm so bad at his name. I want to say like 
I keep saying Pooji, but I think that's I don't think that's right. <laughs> Pooje maybe. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna attempt that. Yeah, I I feel bad, you know, because you know, I've only uh, talked to him through messaging, so I never had like a, you know, an actual conversation uh, vocally yeah. with him. So I don't know how to say his name. Uh, but he, you know, he, he had a thing, uh, seeing if anybody was hiring, and I was like, you know what, I think I can slip another print in somehow. And that's when I was like, oh, hey, why don't I just make up a, a print for the uh, the boxes, the sketch oh, yeah. boxes? So. And it gave a chance to uh, show off uh, Swarm as just himself as Joel, which you do see in the comic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it'll have a lot of, of uh, art with him outside of his soup. So I thought that'd be kind of a neat little thing where he's actually, if you if you look at it, he's reading uh, the ace and he's got a King Toad shirt on. Oh, <laughs> he's, nice. just chill- he's just chilling on a, on a couch. Yeah, just reading some comics. Yeah, just, just chilling, reading. Doing what you know Joel does on his time off when he's not trying to you know, stop a black market from selling children. Yeah, he just reads comics. That's just that's just evil. In between, I read comics to see what ways I can foil the bad man's <laughs> plans again. Yeah, how can I do this? Oh, you know what this this works. So, tell us about his swarm because obviously these look like little tiny robots. Yes. Yes. Uh, with the mighty help of Kevin. Kevin is his best friend. Uh, again, I don't go a lot with Kevin in the uh, first volume. He's in there, obviously, and he's the tech guy. Uh, but he's uh, Joel's uh, friend, mm-hmm. who's a tech tech junkie. So he gives Swarm kind of his little, little uh, gadgets, uh, like the little bee drones here. Now... Again, this will be more, I guess it'll be a little bit of a spoiler for uh, volume two uh, when you get to see more of their relationship as far as like how they came about being a team and uh, where Joel gets all this stuff. And that is the uh, fact that he takes the tech, like like he finds these these or, you know, places these, these organizations have been and he just uses their tech and stuff against them. Pretty much Kevin just steals. He gives Kevin all the all the goodies that he finds from stopping these people. And Kevin uses it and, and tinkers with stuff and um, makes things like Beedros. So Kevin is to Joel what Microchip used to be to Punisher before they cucked him. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I was trying to think of like a good, you know, analogy or a person to to to, to go with there. Yeah, he's he's the Alfred in a sense too, I guess. Because yeah. Alfred kind of tinkered around, right? He, t- he tinkered, than- yeah, he tinkered around a little bit, and uh... but Joel don't have the money. <laughs> yeah, neither does Kevin. They, like I said, they, they, he just uses the uh, stuff that they once they they you know they scavenge. Yeah, they, they kick the hell out of these guys, and then you know, Kevin uses his brains, and and Joel uses his bronze, and yeah. that's Joel's how you get swarmed. Like bits and pieces, be like, what can you build with this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me work out. Swarm himself, yeah. he's not like the most uh, uh, powerful guy, you know. Like he, he does have out his mutants abilities, other than looking like you know the Cheerio guy, un- unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, man, I got yellow skin and antennas now. Sucks to be me. Um, 
he, he has like he could protrude up like stingers, Alba's fingers, like projectiles. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's got some some human, you know, like a little bit above average human strength kind of thing going on. So he's 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 one of the ones that you know the the project themselves were like, okay, this wasn't the best. Uh we want to take him out back and like, you know, old yeller his ass. Yeah. You know? Um is it just me <laughs> or or did he squirt honey at armadillo? Yes, his. <laughs> That's yes. <hilarious. laughs> he even jokes about it. <laughs> so it's not quite honey, but oh, he God. makes it. He makes it look like it. He goes cliche. with this theme. Like, I work with what I got. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's not actual honey. Don't be stupid. You know. Yeah, honey's like, you know, ten bucks a quart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably more now thanks to Bidenomics. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Here you get a little, you get a little glimpse of uh, Joel or Swarm not in in his outfit. Oh, there he is. Yep, he's just chilling at the movie theater, the old school way. You know, you could be yellow, and as long as you put a hat and glasses on, just around the TMNT books themselves, you could just get away with it. You could just walk around and and nobody would know the difference. The girl probably doesn't realize he he just, well, he looks jaundice. Uh, <laughs> he's like, man, that guy has a bad liver. <laughs> she, she's, she's probably just mad that he's crunching popcorn during the movie. Yeah, actually, that, that that's the point. He, he's talking through it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> you heard the guy, Kevin. Don't be rude. So what can, what can his little... Uh, robotic uh drones do for him uh they do certain things like some of them they he can kevin will detonate them uh joel can can as well but uh so they could be active like little explosives uh they can also be uh for infiltrating like 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 little cameras on them and stuff that way when he sends them out like he is there you know they can go look looking for things so yeah blow stuff up and look for stuff Pretty much what drones do today, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of uh, when they did the last good Spider-Man story I ever read was the uh, Superior Spider-Man when Doc Ock took over Peter's body. Oh, yeah, yeah. To, to be a better hero than Peter. And he made little tiny spider drones, which were his, his eyes and ears like all over the all over New York City. They probably blew up too because you know it was Ock. So yeah, yeah. Uh, here I gave a peek at Night Wasp. Now she is kind of the in between because like I say we have Joel who took his abilities and 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 you know is trying to you know stop um, you know things from continuing. And you got Armadillo who obviously you know. Took Once the everything villain, to continue, yeah. The villain side of things. And her, she was um, part of the same thing that Joel went through. Uh, was experimented on. Uh, they didn't like the results and was, you know, pretty much going to execute her. Um, but she gets, she gets free and she is kind of that, the villain that you kind of sympathize for just a little bit. You know, I mean, she's still a villain, but, but she wants to, she resents what she is, what she's become. Mm-hmm. And so now she's in the sewers building uh, her own little uh, uh, 
hive. And you see, you kind of see in this panel the the little thing that's uh, attached to the guy's face. So you got a little yeah. bit of an alien thing where uh, she puts on their face, it sends down an egg, and then they will morph into uh, members of her hive. Kind of like they're mindless zombies uh, to a point. You know, they, they listen to her. And so she's building her hive to, you know, seek revenge on the human race. On everybody. Or whoever she finds that comes close to the sewers. She's like, yep, you're mine now. A little Borgish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always got to get a Star Trek reference in, so. I'm not the biggest Star, I'm not the biggest Trekkie fan, so I don't know much about it, but I do know the Borgs because growing up uh, in the 90s, uh, um, Captain Picard, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the Borgs, yeah, I, I kind of remember that a little bit. That was, that was kind of like my Star Trek, I guess. I think that came on like in the evenings <laughs> when I was growing up as a kid. Yeah, I remember when that came on and I was just like, I remember watching like the first episode at my friend's house and I'm like, dude, I can't go out tonight. Why? <laughs> it was, that was a good, that was pretty good. I got to like, go home and set my VCR. Like it had a very VCR. good cast. You had a, what, Worf? Yeah. Uh, I want to say Data. Uh, I, I can't remember the guy with the, with the visor though. Uh, oh, Reading Rainbow, Jordy LaForge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it had a very unique cast. I, I didn't mind it. That's, that's about the only Star Trek I really ever got into, though. Yeah. Well, the uh, the original, because uh, I was born in the late 60s, as late in the 60s as almost you can be born, November of <laughs> 69. So I came in on the tail end, so I was basically a little kid in the 70s. And at that point, they had started bringing back the original series and syndication. So I grew up watching that, and I was just like, you know, mesmerized. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, yeah, the, I don't know when. I, think I was actually between the, first... the old shows and the and the new shows that didn't come till like later. I think my first introduction to like the original cast of Star Trek was uh, there's like two movies. I, I now again since I I don't know the Trek too well, you might hate me when I say this. I know there's one. Obviously, the one where the guy's like, "Con," but I always remember the scene where like they put like like things in their ears. I was creepy yep. as a kid. Uh, now that was like one of my first introductions to Star Trek. And then there's the movie with the whales. I don't remember if that's the same movie or not. I don't think it is because I think no, that's one where I think Spock dies or something. Uh Spock dies in three. So in the, in the seventies, they wanted to test out the movie market to bring the cast back, and they mm -hmm. did the motion picture, which was just like an out-in-space, like, sci-fi fantasy thing, you know. It was because all, like, all the uh, special effects back then, you know, late 70s, were all new, you know, thanks in mm -hmm. part to ILM. So they went with that, and then second one was Rathacon, where they're putting little creepy bugs in the guy's ears. Yeah. Uh, Spock actually dies in the third one. As a result... Of what happens at the end of the second movie he kind of like dies in the second movie and they bury him but they bury him on the planet the correct they created with like this planet bomb uh and he aged too quick so they went back and rescued him and then four at the beginning of the four they pick him back up he's not quite himself uh and that was the one with the whales 
<laughs> yeah, just remember there being whales tonight. Yeah. Uh, there be whales here, Captain. <laughs> so I, that's all I, I remember. I thought it was just kind of out there. Uh, again, you know, I was watching those as a as a kid, so it was it was like over my head. I think. Yeah. Uh, especially what you know, I just catch them when they were like either on TV. Uh, I think my grandpa had them on like VHS. So. Yeah, I used to have them on VHS, and uh, now I, I bought like the whole set of movies that were out at the time. So it was like all the original cast, and then, uh, all the next generation movies that were out. And they did a they did a thing, the captain's chair, where they basically got the captain from each show in and movie roundup together in one room, and they just like kind of like went at each other a little bit and got a little got like a little snarky but just you know talked history of the of the show and now, did course. you like uh did you like the newer movies um meh i liked them until they killed data i'm like what the hell and then of course they just bring them back in the tv show for picard and i'm like the uh it, it wasn't a good show i didn't think when they, it was it was fan service. So the the first one was like the guy that tells you he's going to give you a right uppercut, and then gives you a right uppercut, so you're not there to get hit by it. It was just so blatantly uh, plotted out that you know Stevie Wonder could see what was happening. Uh. Um, the second one started out like really good. And then got old tropey and bullshitty. And the third one was nothing but fan service because they brought everybody that had ever been on the show back. Uh, you know, did you watch? Uh, I know you already said something about Jurassic Park earlier, so it just kind of made me think of that. Like, did you watch the last Jurassic Park movie? Mm. It, it had that. It had like I think it just had way too many uh, the fan service thing going on, so they could brought the whole cast back. Oh yeah, yeah. It was so badly done. I hated that movie. I know some people like it, but for me, I hated that movie. It was so boring. No, it's, it's like, you know, Easter egg fan service is better. Um, but not yeah. to make the entire thing about, you know, one thing in particular, like when Carrie Fisher died and they completely rewrote the script for that last movie. That sucked. Oh, uh, Star Wars? Yeah, they're like, well, uh, we're gonna. We thought it would be cool since the unusable footage that we don't have because she passed away. Uh, we're going to have her her twenty something year old daughter stand in for, her, and we're just going to do back shots, but she's going to be portraying her mother's infamous character. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, is, it was such a is, weird, yeah, a weird thing because you had a. Uh... I can't think of the little orange character. Um, Moz, I think was her name. Moz. Yeah. Like, out of nowhere, Moz was, like, standing there because Leia just starts walking off, right? And mm -hmm. uh, everybody's like, where's she going? And she's like, she must do what she has to do. Or something. Like, she says something really weird like that. Like, all of a sudden, everybody knows she's about to go and fucking die. Uh, so she can kind of do, I guess, what Luke did in the second one there. Like, where he did the whole... Time or like uh, whatever, wherever that was, where he kind of like, like showed himself in the, a different planet, used all his energy, yeah, 
I don't know. Focus. Yeah, I'm like, sorry, that's not a Jedi power. That's that. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell they even call that. Uh, I was never that, a big fan of. You know how like uh, they introduced it in the second one there, where Ray and Kylo were somehow communicating each other, right? And that yep. had to do with. I know that had to do with Snoke. Snoke was controlling it. But I hate the fact that it didn't show from other people's angles because it was just it was all like camera work. It's like I see you. Can you see me? I can't see what's behind you you know, kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, interesting. But how does that work with people around them? Like, is Kylo just standing there talking to like fucking nothing? And the same with her. Mm-hmm. And cause like at one point, like she like puts her lightsaber behind her. Yeah. And Kylo comes up with it. I'm like, how the fuck did that, what's it look like? Like, did it just morph out of existence? And then over there, we just got a camera shot. It was like a fancy camera shot. You know, I'm like, that doesn't explain yeah. shit. It was what terrible. happened? We're Star Wars fans at this point. It, like this is like the ninth film. You can't just throw something in, and it not you know. Well, we know, we all know what happened, and her name is Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. What can we do here to piss the the actual fans <laughs> off? The weird thing is, like, I'm a I'm a Star Wars junkie to a point. Like, I can love Star Wars. I can hate Star Wars at the same time with about mm-hmm. any of the franchise. But yeah, the last the last three definitely had more flaws than. I would, I would I, say one, two, and three definitely has its flaws. As, oh, as well. huge flaw, Jar Jar. Um, yeah, like when but, people's like when people's like if George Lucas never gave it up, like uh, I mean, if George Lucas really kind of got a a big head and, and then went more for like he let his I don't know he wasn't like the the best writer. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that definitely showed in one, two, and three. Uh, it looked well, pretty. I I I think the last three movies were made to just convince you that the prequels weren't actually all that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Comparatively speaking. You know what though? At least one, two, three still tried to be its own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it still didn't give, I mean, it had fan service, but it wasn't like, like your typical fan service. Like when they're like, I don't know. uh, I'm trying to think of a good one from like the the newer ones where it's kind of like, you know, like, like like through the emperor in, you know, yeah. Yeah. One, two, three had it, but, they were still doing something different with him. It was at the beginning of, of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. It was still done corny. Yeah. Like when the whole point where like literally Anakin Skywalker was going to kill the emperor once he found out who he was and was going to help Mace Windu. And then literally within the same like 30 minutes in real time was like, I need him. <laughs> it's like slices are off uh, Mace and then threw him out the window. And then it went right into, okay, I'm going to be a Sith. There wasn't no like compromise. I need you to save Padme. Don't think this is anything different. It was no. It was straight up loyalty. Get on your fucking knees. Call yourself Darth Vader. I'm like, what? Like, bad writing. The Such best thing writing. out of that whole thing was when he goes and murders all the kids, mm-hmm. and then he turns and looks over his shoulders with his hood up, his lightsaber, his lightsaber down, his hood up. And he turns and looks behind him, and his eyes are glowing orange. Yeah, he has like those weird Sith eyes. Somebody was a freaking genius and got a commission on Something is Killing the Children 1, issue 1, first print, and had them draw that image of Anakin at the bottom going in scale, going into the woods. Something's killing the children. He goes, yes, it's Master Anakin. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to get like 
either the hardcover or the trade that shows that first image from the first cover of that series and and have somebody actually do that again. Yeah. Now, do you do you follow any of the shows? Um. Oh God, they make it so difficult. They're so shitty. <laughs> I actually didn't mind. It. I know uh, there's kind of like a mixed feelings with uh, the Obi Wan. I didn't mind Obi Wan one as much. Uh, I didn't mind Mandalorian was like too bad until like I say season one was obviously the best. But mm-hmm. as like the, the bad thing about it was it was a success because it was its own standalone thing, right? You had a little bit of fan service in there, but it was like Disney was like, "Oh wait, people like this, so let's keep throwing in more and more and more of the fan mm-hmm. service." So like, the time you get to like season three, it's like, do you you didn't need like to bring in all these characters that were in, you know, Clone Wars and and uh, the other Star Wars movies to really like let Mando be his thing, you know? Didn't yeah. need it from season one, you know? It came out of nowhere and it was just good. And now they've they've announced that uh, Kennedy has canceled the Mandalorian. Oh, really? I didn't Uh, know that. That's the last thing I heard. Well, because it's like, did you cancel it? Or is it just on permanent hiatus because of the writer's strike and the actor's strike? Here's another thing about the shows that, like, even though I don't mind them, like I say, but, like, being an old school kind of character that I am, Mm-hmm. I don't like the fact I can't own it. So to me, it's like anytime they want, they can be like, you know what? Okay, we, we did like this. Let's just go ahead and erase it. So it's like, you know, like the fact they can't own a physical copy of like uh, um, the Obi-Wan series. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be canon, but I can't have it in my own personal collection. And you could just delete it. If they just all of a sudden like wiped it from uh, Disney Plus, right? Does it exist anymore? Only between like people like talking about it, you know? Yeah, I, that's uh, the biggest thing I hated about the Obi Wan series was just they filmed it so dark to make it ominous, but mm-hmm. it was it was difficult to watch because like I ain't got good eyes to begin with, but I'm like my TV's like ten feet in front of me, mm-hmm. like fifty inch TV, and I'm watching it at night. So I should be able to see better without any glare coming in from the window or anything. Right. And I'm like squinting, trying to see what the hell's going on. You can't see where they are in comparison to each other when they step in to go to fight. Mm. It was <coughs> bad form, bad form. I know um, Ahsoka comes out uh, like next week. Next Wednesday, yeah. Next Wednesday. Now that one scares me for the fact of like, uh, I, I like Ahsoka. But I'm a big fan of Thrawn, and I'm really scared to see what they do with Thrawn. Oh, my God. Because, <laughs> like, the bad thing about these shows is they have so many different writers for each episode type thing or directors mm. and stuff. Yep. That I feel like the visions change, you know? And I'm just like, if Timothy Zahn isn't, like, giving the sign-off, maybe he is. If he is, that's cool. If he still has something to do with it. Like, I, I forgave the – not Clone Wars. What's the TV show that – that throw they put throw on rebels, like yeah. I didn't really like him that much in the, in the the rebels cartoon. But I can throw it off as okay, it's just some cartoon off to the side. I don't have to like think too much about. But this is like the first live action version we get of him, and I don't know if it's going to translate well compared to what how he's written in the books. You know, it just you know? makes you wonder. Gee, what diversity hire is playing Thrawn? 
Yeah, well, then, like... And, and, and can he even act? Because... Yeah, they got the voice actor. <laughs> but, like, a voice actor versus, like, an actual actor is going to be kind of... You never know. But, like, the Rebels cartoon, he gets beat by, uh... Whatever the, the fucking kid is. Uh, uh, Azra? Is that how you his name? Ezra, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he pretty much gets beat by Azra. I'm like, this is Thrawn we're talking about. I know... Ezra's in training to be a Jedi, but Thrawn has one dealt with Jedi, and he's always like five to ten steps ahead of most people. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he gets like swept off with like the space whales and all that crap, I just again, at least it was just a cartoon, but now the fact of like that they have to use that storyline to go along with the live action, I don't know, man. I I don't I don't want to see them. You know, throw and it's like, are they gonna are they gonna give him his little pets that negate the Jedi? Yeah, and, yeah. And the, and the sabers that he used to have on his shoulders in the Zon book. Exactly. I don't. I, don't, I remember. Uh, I I raced out and spent way too much money on that book, um, <laughs> not knowing that like if I had waited two weeks, I could have bought a used copy off the shelf of the same store for like ten mm. bucks. Um, I think the. The two best novels I read in the old Star Wars stuff was the Thron, the original Thrawn story, that first novel, and uh, another novel called uh, Black Saber. Okay. Black Saber is kind of a behind-the-scenes... Uh, Star Wars spy thriller uh, with the general that was in like the control room with Mon Motha, okay. the the male general, mm -hmm. um, and he goes undercover, and Project Dark Saber is actually the Death Star. So it okay. takes place be be before the prequel movie that they made to go right in front of New Hope. That I can never remember the name of. Uh, Rogue One. With, yes, that one. Rogue is Rogue One. Yes. Yeah. So this takes place be just leading up to Rogue One. So that novel would actually lead into Rogue Rogue One if they had done a movie. But you know, when Disney got their dirty hands on it, like, <laughs> none of this stuff that was canon with George is canon with us. Yeah. Now they had um. You remember the villain that was in Rogue One? Uh, that was his name. Oh yeah, the the cocky guy. With yeah, the, the one that was like uh, coming for Darth Vader, or want to be Darth Vader's like number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a novel out where it has him using the uh, uh, ch -ch -ch -ch. Man, what was those ant like people in uh, episode two back in the day in the movie episode two. Oh yeah, yeah. Um... You know I can't remember the name, but they were like insectoid creatures. Yeah, yeah. He like uses them to help build the Death Star. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird thing that the, that. Well, well, basically, the Empire enslaved everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, know, use, so, they use those guys because those guys were part of uh, Dooku's thing. Dooku's thing. Uh, you know, Lord Sauron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get them confused. They're on all these nerd movies. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but he used them 
and all the others for the, you know, the banking guild and all the others that he put aside as like the outside force that was, you know, secretly working through uh, the emperor. Yep. But nobody but Dooku knew, knew it because. I thought it's so funny that that last movie, I know we've talked about Star Wars a lot now, but uh, that last movie, it still kind of confuses me that the emperor was okay. He went and like, I wouldn't say hiding because he was being cloned. I don't know how much of they didn't give us much on it other than we see him like all kind of a little bit disfigured and we see yeah. the uh, um, uh, what's his face, Snokes, like mm -hmm. in jars. But then he like raises that whole army from under the crest of the planet or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's like literally like a thousand, if not more, uh, star destroyers all armed with planet destroying uh, weaponry. And I, I, I talked to my buddy at work about this. I'm like, S do you know if like, were all the, did all those have people on them when he raised them up? Like were these people just living underground in these like star destroyers, like, well, sooner or later, we're going to run out of rations. So we kind of hope this emperor pulls because the emperor was ready to like, just, I don't even know if he's just going to just die. Yeah. He I, was, he was ready to turn the entire new empire over to his granddaughter. You know, Ray Skywalker. Yeah, but like if it didn't work, like I don't. It, to me, it's just kind of a funny thing. Like for these people just sitting underground, I, I, don't, I don't know. It was just a, it's just a weird. Again, it went, they went for visuals. They're like, hey, this looked really cool visually to have, you know, thousands of star destroyers. But then like, you ask yourself, as like you know, a fan, like, well, okay, how did these get built? Why are they underground? If nobody even knows where this fucking planet is, anyways. And, 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 like, why not have that whole army already out there? Why have it all in one area? Like, obviously, that was a terrible idea. Yeah. And, one, they should have been able to win anyways. Like, even if the Emperor died, like, I don't think all those, like, random ships who are not armed with planet-destroying fucking weapons would take them on. I mean, one of them, just one of them just shoot into that crowd of all those ships. Like, oh, yeah, a, a, you know. A world destroying ship will decimate. Yeah, that it was whole like, army. what can we make up that will act like the ventral exhaust port and the first Death Star yeah. to let the rebels blow up the planet, the Emperor, and his entire fleet? Yeah, pretty much. And it was like, well, oh, yeah, because they had one command ship, right? Yeah, there's, there's one. This one space antenna is going to control everything. That for some reason, some reason, Finn just knew because they didn't want to explain that he's force sensitive, but they sure as hell wanted to throw it in there, like just as a, well, what do we do? How do they know? Oh, would you use Finn? We're just saying he's force sensitive. He's just like, it's this ship because I know. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, man, that's some lazy ass writing. I know Star yeah, Wars has had that throughout its whole franchise, but that film yeah. definitely made it noticeable. Yeah. I mean, I remember early on uh, when Dark Horse had the license and they were actually doing comic book versions, like miniseries versions, like like a four or five issue run of the novels that were like, you know, real popular at the time, like uh, Splinter in the Mind's Eye, which actually teams up Luke and Leia um, Jedi wise against Vader and, you know, all, all this other stuff. And I'm like, 
that's cool, but yeah, I'm really surprised they never went through with the three children. Instead, just narrowed it down to Kylo Ren. I'm like, why? Why? Why don't you have three? That way, if your franchise did well, you had more to explore with. You know, like it's so weird that they're like, no, Kylo Ren, the only one, and we're going to kill him, just like everything else in, in fucking Star Wars when Disney took over. They're like, dead, 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 dead. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Why? You idiots. You you would everything. swear you would swear that Harrison Ford is on a mission to get killed at all as all of his major characters through his entire career. So they either have to start over from scratch or just wipe it out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we got the Star Wars guy. Steve, Splinter the Mon's Eye was the first ever Star Wars novella. Oh, okay. Hmm. I went back to Trend Lake. Uh, I used I used to be one of those guys that would sign up to the science fiction book club okay. and get all these, like, these big versions of books, and uh, and then eventually, you know, a year later, pay off the tab, and you know, I, then I was no longer Clark Kent; I was Bruce Wayne, and I'd have an account again. <laughs> I actually I actually got like the uh, the complete Lord of the Rings all in a book club volume. That is like this wide. It's oh, like man. bigger than a Webster's. <laughs> I went back and looked at it recently because I thought they were out of business. I went back and looked at it recently. They've got nothing there. They've got like uh, they just released the new, the first book in the series for uh, Star Trek Discovery, the new one on uh, Paramount Network, um. and they had like one collected edition of uh, Michael Moorcock's uh, oh, why can I never think of his name? Elric. It was like like an anthology Elric book hmm. that had been out before and I'm like, oh cool. I kept trying to hit the uh, the button to join and it it just wouldn't do it wasn't like working or anything. I go, okay, must be a sign from above. I shouldn't <laughs> do this. Again. Yeah. And but I, I looked under like all their all their tabs with all the stuff, you know, the different, you know, fantasy, magic, blah blah blah. Uh they didn't have crap. And I'm like now did you go down that dark uh path of magic the gathering? Um magic, I was thinking magic. Yeah, twice. <laughs> say now you know the funny thing is uh when me and joe ball uh opened our shop i knew nothing about magic the gathering neither did he we actually had like a one of our fellow uh locals who just became like a regular you know he's, he kept pushing to get magic in our store and i was like all right you know what? i mean we had at that time we had a our dealership or whatever that the diamond distributor and all that, the, the those people mm -hmm. buy our magic cards there and uh yeah so I, I i got introduced to it because you know we had a shop so i'm like i guess i gotta learn it and you know i didn't mind it definitely definitely a money sink though Damn. oh yeah especially once they got sold to hasbro yeah it was so it was hard just... to keep up with all the uh like the attorneys so we'd have like the the friday night magic attorneys mm -hmm. and all that and then you'd have cards that would like shoot up to like you know 80 dollars for like a jace you know planeswalker and 
Oh yeah, my You're favorite. Like two deck weeks ever. later, it's back down to like ten dollars, and you know, just the fluctuation in Magic the Gathering was is so rough. I didn't. I didn't care. I love that deck, the uh, the mill deck. Oh, do you like to mill people? Oh. You like, did you play blue? Did you? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're that asshole that show up like, oh, you don't feel like doing anything today, do you? <laughs> Discard and hand. Discard 10, 10 from the top of your deck. Oh, um, no, my favorite one uh, was uh, count your draw pile, divide it by 50%. And throw all of those away on the top half. <laughs> and I would, uh, I would really like doing that when there's there were like a few cards in black that would let you peek at like your top three cards and let you for those three cards eventually you know stack your deck. So you know if you had like a big power card underneath that could kill kill somebody in one turn, I'd be like. Uh, he's too quiet. <laughs> Mill, lose half your cards. And I'm like, uh, and even when I, uh, I quit playing like regular magic, like, oh, you can't play those cards anymore. They're too OP. I go, you want to step outside? <laughs> <laughs> I go, this is going to be too OP in a minute. You're too used to talking to people from behind a computer screen. Yeah. Spend more time picking your teeth up off the sidewalk, boy. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done uh, like a Magic the Gathering movie. Um, yeah, they they've done. I I think uh, the writing on the wall was when they stupidly did the World of Warcraft garbage movie. Oh yeah, and it was yeah, and even like the last uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie they did. I no, I didn't see that, but I didn't really have any interest to see in the Dungeons and Dragons movie once I saw that like. I just think it's so weird. Like, you have Dungeons and Dragons. You have this whole, whole—I uh, wouldn't even say world, because you know everybody creates their own world. But you know, it still has like guidelines, like the, the, the creatures and stuff like yeah. that. But you know, you have where you could tell like your own. It's like having Lord of the Rings, but with free, free range now. Yeah. You know, you don't have to follow a certain thing. Yeah, like open source world. Yeah. Yeah, but you can make it this detailed, very rich world. Right, that the D and D community would really love, and you make a comedy. I'm like, fucking why, man? Like, why would you take that? And we could just run it to like something really epic, because we haven't had anything in the fantasy community epic since the Lord of the Rings films that came out like 1999 or some crap. You know? Yeah, it's just they could have totally done something they, really. They, ha they have to vocify it. it to make. Uh, the women, the, the strong, brave men, and the men, the weak-willed women. Yeah, like when I saw a preview, it showed like uh, what's I can't think of the Star Trek uh, actor's name. Christopher but, Pine, the uh, the one that yeah. played Kirk in the J.J. Abrams. Yeah, he's like sitting there playing like his uh, is it a lute? I don't yeah, call it. And I know it's a spell, but he like it starts messing up. And he's like, <laughs> and it's just I don't know. I'm like. I get that stuff like that happens, like when you're playing D and D, you just come come with you know your D DM will do funny stuff. Mm -hmm. I just I just really felt they missed a big opportunity of, of creating like a really awesome epic world. Of the only D and D movie we have interest in seeing is 
from the cartoon. Yeah, like the original cartoon. Yep. Right, that was I, now was that eighties or seventies even? I don't even. That that was eighties. Yeah. Was it eighties? Okay. Yeah. Um. Did you see they came out with them? Uh, if you go to Walmart, I don't think they still have it like out there um, a lot. But the they figures, came out with yeah, figures of the original ones. I thought that was kind of cool. They came out with the figures, and each figure came with like a different, a different die. So when you bought oh, the whole cool. set, you had a whole exclusive dice. die set. Yeah, that's sweet. I didn't um, know that. What got me is I was spectacularly excited. When I came across this video on YouTube one day, and then my excitement went like Jimmy Gnutowski and Taxi playing a round of Pac-Man in the garage. <laughs> because they got actors that looked exactly like the cartoon characters. And they were fighting. And they were fighting Venger and Tiamat in the background. It was a car commercial. <laughs> from like, you know... An, from the Netherlands or, or, you know, someplace that didn't speak English. So, you know, from like the other side of the planet and it was just like a car commercial, really? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, that's terrible. Why did you do that to me? Yeah. I, can't even I can't even afford that car or fit in it for that matter. Cause it was like a, a tiny little Yugo thing. I go, you have to take a can opener and take the top off for me to get in that car. <laughs> oh. You know, I, I, into the current news of things, did you see that? Uh, uh, I didn't even know this was a thing, that Toxic Avenger is being remade. Yeah, I, I, saw, a, I saw a thing about it. They're, they're like making like a brand new live action. Toxic the thing Avenger is, like, movie. I really don't think you can capture what uh, trauma films did. No, there's no like, way. Because my thing is, that was like an era that was a you had to be there during that time to understand mm -hmm. what that was you know it was almost like watching something you weren't allowed or supposed to watch mm -hmm. for me anyways because you know growing up <laughs> that was like i was a kid uh, you know so you know my dad go rent you know toxic avenger had no idea that was me watching a film where a dude you know busts into one dude's fucking chest rips out his uh intestines and then starts jump roping with them and like singing, like skip to my Lou, my darling. <laughs> you're like, what the hell? You know, I don't, I, you just can't capture the, um, I don't think they, they can recapture that, you know? No. Now, uh, they they're they're probably, pl they're probably planning it around the, the, the silly 90s cartoon that followed like the second movie. No, what killed me is did you see who's playing Toxie? No. Peter Dinklage. Right? I'm like, what? So he's going to be a dwarf? <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I saw the uh, like a like a photo or something that they, they have going around now. It came out like yesterday or day before. I don't think there's a trailer yet. But what's he say? Twenty twenty three, the toxic masculinity Avenger. Yeah, it's the toxic it's like, masculinity Avenger. Yeah, like I don't I don't know. If like if he's just going to be playing the part like maybe before he gets turned into Toxic Avenger, like maybe he's just you know a little tiny dwarf who gets thrown into the shit <laughs> and then becomes you know the and, big... and grows five feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah grows five feet. <laughs> but oh. I don't even think I don't even think it's a trauma film at this point either, right? No. Oh well, yeah, it's it's probably somebody totally different. 
it's just like it's just like a re, you know we got to remake everything. Why? It's already got a built-in audience. Yeah, that <laughs> likes the original. You moron. And I know it makes us sound like old fogies. Yeah. But the point of those trauma films is they were meant to be cheesy. You know, they were they yeah. were meant to have bad effects on purpose. You know, that was the fun of it. You know, it's kind of like uh, when you watch B-rated horror films. You know, like you're there to watch boobs. Sometimes they're just meant to to look shitty and cheesy on purpose because it just has that its own mm-hmm. vibe, you know. And like I say, I don't really think you can really. I, they're probably come up this one film. It might do a little decent at the box office, but it's definitely never going to be. I think like after the first day of being released, uh, the internet will destroy it. Yeah, especially like its original fans, like trauma fans, are not going to. Yeah, no, you know, it's gravitate towards it you know there's so much like great b movie stuff out there and and even classic stuff like uh you know not even just like the universal stuff but like the uh oh it was a monster company uh their dracula movies actually starred peter cushing as uh van helsing Hmm. grand moff tarkin there um Himahara. Oh, okay. Um, it, it's classic stuff. And I actually saw like a big collected box set of like 90 Himahara films in like a special collector's case. Uh for like 49 bucks, like on sale on uh Amazon, but you know, I'm broke. <laughs> Now they better never touch. My personally, my 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 one of my favorite classic movies is Monster Squad. I really hope they never touch it, but I'm sure they will eventually. Oh yeah, and I will cry. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't touch Monster Squad. Yeah, we. But they will leave this stuff alone. I'm you know what I love so- about that movie is like just how it just captures the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's so much stuff in it you can't get away with now. Like I love like when they call each other faggots. You can't do that now. You can't. Like people will like lose yeah. their mind. <laughs> what a, what I'm a faggot. Uh. <laughs> but you know, growing up, that's just how it was with your, like your friends and people. It's just Steve was the we are old. We are old. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I hit the I hit the big four zero. You know, so I'm I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> You're like fuck you. I'm like gonna hit 55 at the end of the year, so I'm like, oh. And you know, when your teenage daughter says, "Dad, can you help me with some history?" Sure. What do you want to know? <laughs> you like, I am history. Well, I'm the embodiment of it. She's like, well, I mean, you were alive during the 1900s, so. Oh, the 1900s thing coming up. Huh? I'm like, oh. Well, how old are you going to be this year? 16. You want to make it to your next birthday? Don't say that to me. <laughs> you know I'm not going to do nothing. You can run faster than I can chase after you in a motorized wheelchair. So <laughs> she's, she's become an amazing artist in her own right. But she's another one, you know, younger generation, uh, is like completely into the manga and anime. Okay. Because one of I her have some of it. Uh, I have, what do I have? Not Crunchyroll. Uh, 
Shonen Jump. I have that app, so I just I I I, I, I limit myself to only a couple. Like I watch, all right, not watch, but I read uh, like Chainsaw Man. Um, yeah, she's got like uh, she's waiting to get Chainsaw Man, and asked me if I've read it yet. I go no because it's you know what I got the I first, got stuff to do, but the first arc is pretty good, but into the second arc, like I like the villain, but like it's kind of it's it's very sloppy. Yeah, like, uh, it, it, it loses its its touch after like the first manga is gay. <laughs> Ace, oh is Ace is not a fan. Ace is not a fan. Uh, Ace is siding with Mo Biggs on this one. <laughs> Do not mention that which shall not be named. <laughs> a quote from Neff, because Mo will kick him off his own stream, because he has the power. He's He-Man of the chat. There's just uh, so much, so much uh, manga is it's exploded that like uh, now a lot of it is is like kind of copies off of each other. Like you get kind of burned out when you start really digging into manga. A lot of it mm. is like, okay, here's a group of kids who had to deal with demons. That's about the gist of like, I'd say 80% of manga I come across anymore. It's like demons and, you know, young people dealing with them. Well, my, my daughter knows, you know, the kind of stories that I like, you know, mm-hmm. fantasy superheroes, horror, all that stuff. She got me hooked on uh, My Hero Academia. I do like that one. Uh, I, I haven't finished the last season, but I... I, I finished... Watch my stuff. Uh, the other week, I binged season four in a day and a half. Dang. Like, but it's got a good... <laughs> it, some serious stuff. Well, I got nothing else to do. I'm sitting here reading a comic, looking at the screen, reading a comic, <laughs> on my phone, you know, looking at the screen. And I'm like, I, I take a break from my phone or the book I'm reading... Uh, during the intro and the outro of every episode. Gotcha. So that gives me like, okay, new episode. I've got 10 minutes of reading time, five before, five after. Well, the intensity, right. they keep the intensity in that show. That's what yeah. I like about it. Like everything about that show like is like extreme a lot of times. It, it does have some downtime. Um, I didn't really care for the art where, uh, uh, oh, I think it's, it might be season three. Where um, oh, I'm trying to remember the villain. I think he was like a, he used to go to the school. Oh and yeah, yeah. And he's trying to get back in the at them a little bit or something. Like I just thought that was kind of corny. Um, but other than that character, uh, did you get to? I don't without spoilers. Uh, I'm, I'm very bad at the names. I haven't watched it in a little while. But you know the guy that has the hands all over his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what did you see uh, him as a child? Did, it, did you get to that part? No. Not okay, yet. I won't say anything then. Yeah, that that when it actually shows how he becomes that get that character, dude, it's so fucked up. Like I was like, I can't because even that show can be really childish and then just in a snap, yeah. like it gets serious. You're like, well, the, the thing that I really hate about like I can't with the every passionate bone in my body, I hate the living hell out of Dragon Ball Z. You know what? I'm I can never really get into it myself. Like I like the characters, I like the designs, um, some of the fight scenes. But when I try to watch Dragon Ball Z, I just fall out of it every time. It I don't is, know what it is. It just doesn't. It's too goofy. It's got the the googly eyes and and the the shaky shakes. And I'm like, this is just stupid. I mean, yeah, I, never, I, I, never I grew up when I was when I was like you know in elementary school. Um, they 
they had brought over uh, a couple of seasons of Star Blazers, which I loved the hell out of. Um, and they had they had brought over a show that over here they called it uh, Force Five, and what it was they ran it Monday through Friday, and like every Monday was a new Dan Gard Ace cartoon. Uh, Tuesday was the Space Guitars where they could form into three different kinds of robots. Um, Friday was uh, Guy King. And uh, Thursday was my favorite um, with Orion Quest, uh, Grandizer. Huh. And they are releasing a Grandizer video game this year. So it was kind of like a, what was a, a Cartoon Network back in the 90s? To, Tanami? Yeah. Tanami, uh, Tanami, like, late at night. Like, like, where I get. Um, no, because this was like during the day, like on like a regular, like, UHF channel. Oh, okay. Uh, in the Boston area. And, uh, but Star Blazers, uh, is like, uh, kind of, kind of like a little Robotech ish, except they've got like one great space battleship they've got this super weapon on it called the wave motion gun that an alien gave gave them so they could make the trip to her planet so she could give him stuff that would save the earth so like every it, it was a continual countdown like every episode the earth only has this many days left <coughs> and it was it was cool they had an alien race called the gamelons uh that basically resembled the you know, they were like space Nazis. And uh, it was it was good. They did a live action movie. And the live action movie was taken directly from the animated episodes. Oh, okay. They, they were hoping to make a trilogy to basically turn the entire first season into uh, three movies. You know what? Uh, uh, anime that confuses the hell out of me has a big following. Maybe just a lot of it went over my head, but... I had a hard time following uh, Avon Galleon. Oh yeah, I I haven't. I call it something else. I, I pronounce it e Evangelion or whatever. I might even say it wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're probably both Joe, saying it wrong. Joe like like kept pushing. You, know, like, you need to watch. You need to watch this. I'm like, all right. I finally just sat down uh, one week and just kind of watched all the episodes, uh, and I didn't hate it. Uh, I like the animation. I like some of the story arc, but it just it, it just started getting really confusing. Especially, I mean, I know, like, I guess, even in the community, the last like the ending uh, didn't set well with the community or something. So they actually went back and did like um, a movie and gave it a different ending than the show or something like that. Yeah, I, I hate it when they do that when they when they cave to the to the mob. To it's like, well, if you want a different ending. Uh, for $4.3 million, we will license it out to you and you can make your own film. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah. this is ours, not yours. Sorry. It's yeah. there for enjoyment, but if you didn't enjoy it, move on. I think, I think the biggest foothold uh, manga got in the West here was the fact that we're up to paying like six to $9 for a floppy issue from the mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's definitely a nine dollar book if if all the store has left is the uh cardstock cover that they throw on half of them as a variant yeah um but they can get like you know 22 pages of story for 6.99 or for 9.99 they can get 100 pages of story yeah yeah you're not wrong you know and it they don't certain things like the original versions of are like an incredible amount of money but they just keep reprinting them and nobody cares you know they want to you know they just kind of like want to read the story one thing uh, I give manga credit for, at least for now, versus uh, the mainstream comics, is I like the fact that they're not um, on a reboot craze. Oh, so uh, yeah. I think that's the problem with like Marvel and DC. And this is why I like independent comics, because one, you know, it's small. So like they, it's not like they had a reason to, you know, go back and change anything. Mm -hmm. so like if something happens to a character it fucking happens to him I feel like Marvel and DC where it ruins for me anyways the fun is they kill the characters so much now and they got so many different variants from different worlds that they follow that like I, I, I never feel like any the characters are ever in any danger you know what I'm saying like yeah they're not they literally kill Peter Parker again and we know they're going to bring him back, even if it's a other dimensional one or if they do a time race thing with Doctor Strange or something, you know. Yeah. There's no immediate danger to these characters anymore they're, because they're, they're like, we're not going to try anything new. We don't want new characters. We got to run Spider-Man for another 80 years or, or Superman or Batman or whoever. They're just they're too busy tokenizing all the characters. Yes. With manga, you know, usually once they're done with that, that franchise or just done with it. Um, and then, you know, if the character died, they're, they're dead for the most part. Yeah. We don't see that, you know, we haven't got to that, the range of reboots and now it maybe in the future, uh, it might be different with, uh, Japan. They might fall into that realm of things, but at least for now, it still feels like the eighties and nineties over there with their storytelling. They're like, you know, this is our story. You know, this person's dead. They are dead. Uh, I'm trying to think there's a, Man, I'm trying to think there's one anime I watched. It's like 20 episodes. And that was all they made of it. Kamiga Kill. You ever watch Kamiga Kill? I know. No. It's 20, it's like 20 to 24 episodes. Like everybody in that fucking anime dies. Everybody, except for maybe one person. And I just love that that story arc. You know, it, it's 24 episodes, tells a whole story. And it's probably one of my favorite uh animes. For that reason, you know, there's no take backs. <laughs> Marvel and DC is so full of take backs now. It's like, why why bother? You're going to spend all year buying these issues. I don't care if they're $3 issues. By the time you get done with it, what did you really buy? You, you bought a story for that year to get rebooted the next year. Yep. You know, I you know, I, like, I got so mad with Batman. Well, the last time I actually followed Batman uh, was with Damien. Damien was Robin... And they had uh, Dick Grayson was Batman. I'm like, oh shit, we're moving forward. We actually have a story moving forward. Yeah, that the Batman and Robin series was was good because we all still hated Damien. <laughs> yeah, but at least but he's he, moving forward. But but he started being funny. 
at the same time. So there'd be like I, I, a, I lot like, of, a lot of a lot of quippiness, and it's like everybody knew that Nightwing was now Batman because yeah. Batman never smiled. Yeah, Nightwing can't stop smiling. Yeah, but again, he's, it, he's like All Might. <laughs> but like Justice say, with a smile on your face. DC, DC and Marvel can't move forward. They're like, all yeah. right, we're getting this a run. And it always becomes like, what ifs every freaking year? What if? You know, okay, here's a cool what if. It's because they can't, they have to keep the licensing on the properties so that they can try to make uh, either TV, movies, or yeah. animation projects. And if they if they slip the license on any of them, somebody else will jump on it and probably do a good job. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's it. That's just a problem with the uh, <coughs> companies now. Like, let's say like Disney drops it, right? Somebody comes along and they just sell it to them just for the the sake of the argument. Because everybody's always like, "Oh, we need we need uh, this telling of Batman. This dark it needs to be darker, darker, darker." I'm like, we've had. The darkest shit you could possibly have in Batman. It's there. It's been there. Yep. It's just the characters are so overused at this point. Like, no, like I say nothing moves forward. We've literally had this happen. What in the the nineties uh, when uh, not not Dick Grayson, but um, Jason Todd. Todd, yeah. Yeah, he, he got his, his spinal cord broken. He was dead. Even he didn't stay dead. They still brought him back. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know you can't get darker than than the Joker beating. A Robin to death with a crowbar, you know. We've had Joker, you know, cut off his own face and wear his own face again with yeah. staples and shit. We've I had hated the darkest. That. I hated yeah. that version. But you see and what I'm then, saying? There, like everybody's like, yeah. oh, if, if, if if Disney didn't have it, we'd have these dark stories. I'm like, we've had the dark stories. We've had them all this time. It's just, I can say, I just get burnt out of the stories not going anywhere. Like they just kind of just kind of just re. Yeah, re- like what? What is they tried um the new fifty two, and then they did another re- re- rebirth after rebirth, that, which was supposed to be like a whole like um to, for for if you haven't read comics before or if you're trying to get back into them as a starting point. But it's so funny when you read it. I'm like, well, if you didn't know this stuff in the past, it still wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm like that. That was a flop. <laughs> yeah. But that's when I actually stopped like really reading there for the longest time. Uh, at least sinking money into it. I used to have, you know, I was like one of those guys. I had my folder. I'd go, you know, out of town, go up to a comic book shop in Yellow Springs, get my folder. But after a while, like I say, you get to the point like, eh. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I mean, I was dropping on the low side like 100 bucks a week. I had FOMO bad. <laughs> Now yeah. you know, in, the, in the indie industry, yeah, I I, I have my collection of uh, some books I'm not the biggest fan of. Like maybe I didn't really care for uh, the story, or maybe the editing job wasn't great, or maybe I didn't like the art. But you know, at the same time, at least I don't know what the hell is going to happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. One thing I do like about the indies, at least I'm, I'm being introduced to characters uh, that I can possibly become a fan of, or you know, just just at least something new, some new ideas that could. And that also helps writers, you know, it, it, we all take, you know, bits and pieces of different things that we grew up with that kind of, you know, formulate into our own projects or like, you know, what, okay, I, you know, I was influenced by this, you know, not ripping people off, but, you know, you just, you can be heavily influenced on something, you know, um, 
and and the reason we're all like indie comics fans now is because we were fans of you know mainstream comics back when they were still good yeah and then they turned around and they hired all these soft people shall we say yeah that, that came in and and ruined it and you know when you, when you um self-project yourself into the storytelling it, it shows and it you you one you, you can't just do that with like characters that's been around since the 60s yeah you can't just be like oh, the 30s too yeah 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 batman and superman since the 30s yeah. uh, oh man like i they they totally ruined uh superman's uh son totally just butchered that super gay yeah i'm like that just came out of nowhere i'm like why it's because what? they they were taking a knee and swallowing a glizzy to uh, cater to the alphabet jihad army. Yeah. Where they turned around and they just started turning everybody gay. Well, and the problem with that they is... Made, they made John it, Kent gay. Uh, when they did the Earth 2 saga, they made uh, the original Green Lantern gay, which, yeah, yeah. which wiped out two long mainstay characters. Two of which were drawn by Todd McFarlane in his early career at Infinity Incorporated in DC, which like the kids of the JSA. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, the weird thing is too, it's like it's it's bad uh, business because you gotta look at it from a business point of view as well. Like, especially and now I know they get to play with it because it's it's they got the money right now, right? They're like, oh, we can take losses, we can take losses. They don't care. They're just about an agenda at this point. Yeah, it is. But back in the day, the reason we got good stories and stuff because they one, you know, you got to go to a point where um, your audience is because it's business as well. Like you got to mm-hmm. go where the demand is. Like if the, your agenda isn't giving you money, then you're not even understanding your own business. You're going to see you're sinking your own. And then they stopped. Skin. They stopped doing that. But it was like it was not as visible, like even in the '90s. But you could you could tell because you would mm-hmm. go from we would go from selling like 500 copies of of Uncanny and Avengers a month to we can't even move a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what happened? Because well, people grow up, they stop reading because uh, their wives tell them to. And because uh, <laughs> they they can't read comics and complete their honeydew list at the same time, <laughs> and uh, you know, and then you know, life happens, and you you know you end up you know some a lot of people end up you know with kids, and you know family takes up all your time. You don't really have any free time, and you just drop it. But you've got like you know. I don't know, like 250 boxes of comics. So <laughs> you're like, well, I don't want to completely drop it, but I can always reread this. And then you get to talking to a friend of yours and you start up the first part of your podcast. And because everybody used to make fun of you and call you a boomer, even though you're a Gen Xer, <laughs> you, you create a podcast called OK Boomer the Podcast where we just read old comics and talk about them once a week on the show. Golden through Copper Age. Yep, that's what I'm doing Saturday. Nice. <laughs> um, 
but we we've done like you know we've done like lots of indie stuff because indie used to be the place where the names that became huge in like the 80s and 90s that's where all these guys came from they all came from like the indie yeah. circuit like like Mike Grell John Sable Freelance uh it would have been really nice to see um Matt Wagner with Grendel it would have been nice to see uh, where Top Cow would have went if uh, Turner didn't die. Yeah. I think that oh. was kind of like his, him dying was almost just the the death of like that big fight against like Marvel yeah. and DC. It, it was the end of that big dream. Cause yeah. Luke, Dude, they dropped the ball when he passed too. Like, uh, well, they, they turned into Aspen, right? Yeah. And, they, and like, I actually. I, I pissed off one of like the colorist or something because I had a uh, when I had my store, I, I got into like a like a, I had a Facebook thing with him about like I think it was Lady Mechanica. They had Lady Mechanica and like something else. And like, dude, they just would not bring out books. I'm like, you guys keep reprinting uh, issue one and two like every year. I'm like, are you guys just not? I don't know. I just feel like they dropped the ball with, uh, yeah. Like Mike, Mike Turner set them up good to where they could at least continue on. Now I don't know if like maybe with Mike Turner passing they couldn't use some of the characters. I don't know. But I mean, obviously they still have rights yeah. to some of it. But like I said, I think Lady Mechanica and other stuff that they had going on could have really, you know, helped them uh, be like at least the next image. But then yeah, they just, that, they just stopped then, dropping or stopped releasing stuff. I'm like, I, I, I told the callers, I'm like, there's a reason why like your comics are sitting on the bottom of my shelf and not, you know, in the front because you guys keep releasing the same two issues. Because I, I would ask Mike, you know, hey, are we going to get issue three? Are we getting issue three? And after like two, three years, I'm just like, whatever. I guess you guys are going to let Mike Turner's, you know, dream die with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they became Aspen. And then Aspen, I think, had a had a split, uh, and like a couple of the creators from there left Aspen to create uh, another mini publisher called Blue Water that never went anywhere. But yeah. they both they both kind of use almost the exact same logo for their for their publishing house. Mm -hmm. And then Jim went back to DC. Yeah. And sold sold his, you know, sold his imprint to DC that hasn't done, you know, they've only done something with it when it was like, we have to use these characters in something or we're going to, we're going to lose the license. So let's put out like a, a six issue miniseries, mm -hmm. have Jim at least write it because it was his characters and have to do the variant covers. It'll be done like you know in a week with the whole series, and you know put it out like they put out like a, a grifter solo thing when they did like the new fifty two, uh, but they had like other other people from that universe like show up in it and everything. Yeah, but it didn't have a the, it you know anything they put out since doesn't have a soul to it. It's just yeah. we're just we're just doing this so nobody else can use our characters. <laughs> Yeah. You know. Yeah. Kind of like I think the most the recent thing I tried to read that was like like current was um Marvel uh 
one of the Spider-Man uh, comics. It literally went like four issues and then they canceled it. <laughs> I was like, oh, that didn't do well. <laughs> and then they turn around and they, oh, the new big thing in comics, Spider-Boy. You really just took an amalgam character from the Marvel DC team up mashup characters, threw them in a, an ASM issue, and now that book's going for big money. People are like, I'm like, you're out of your mind. It's an amalgam character. I have his first appearance. Well, not anymore because it was rebooted. So now this is the first appearance. I, go, I don't give a shit. It's trash. Yeah. Again, I say the, the reboot of stuff is just, it's just it so kills it. done. Yeah. yeah. There's, like I say, it, it, it ruins Marvel and DC because, like I say, no character is ever in real danger. Nope. You know, they can they literally be blown up in a building and there's going to be somebody that comes by and. And they do the reboots on purpose because they know all the money they're losing, they will at least get a portion of that back when they release a brand new number one. Yeah. yeah and then, you know, like Moon Knight, where they put like 73 variant covers on the first issue of Moon Knight <laughs> like a couple of years ago. When they, and, oh, they and that wasn't including that wasn't including stores that paid them like 10 or 15 grand to have their own store exclusive. Now, I, I just recently started going through like uh, the original Moon Knight, and I like it. You know the, the original stuff. I, I haven't read like current Moon Knight. Yeah, I I used to buy like the uh, the black and white newspaper volumes of it. Like uh, DC did Showcase was the same thing, five hundred pages black and white on newsprint. So you could read the story. You could see the original line work and inks. That's cool. Um, and they, they came out. They were like 20 bucks, like nineteen ninety nine when they came out. But, you know, you wait a week. You realize nobody's buying the, you know, the, none of the kids want it because they're not in color. And they're sitting on the shelf. And then you end up start getting them for like uh, anywhere from like 10 to 15 bucks a piece. Hmm. And the I've got like the first two volumes of of the original Moon Knight. So, yes, I have a black and white version of the first appearance of Werewolf by Night. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <coughs> was, that like the, was that like the third issue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I've got like the entire first run of Brave and the Bold. I've got like the first three volumes of that all in black and white. That's cool. Yes, I'm still buying the color versions because... I must have them all. Um, <laughs> you know, I've got like, you know, Superman ones like that. And uh, they released a full color one because it was like a three-year story arc across like all the Superman books from like the early 2000s, which was like a war world kind of like story, you know, before uh, Michael Bendis went to DC and destroyed the entire Superman universe. Now that's getting, uh, again, I, I didn't watch a Flash movie. But did it set up for like a this like a, a new Superman, right or no? Um, there were parts of that movie that were like, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought. Oh, never mind, it is. Um, <laughs> it was just you know, <clears throat> I was a little put off for the fact that one of the first scenes you see him uh, change into Flash. Um, you know, this actor who was 
uh, grooming girls and basically being a pedo, mm-hmm. um, stops and asks a, a young 13-year-old, 14-year-old girl for her candy bar. <laughs> That's weird. Little creepy dude. <laughs> um, the Michael Keaton stuff was great. Um, I even thought I, I wasn't like happy with the uh, the new version of Supergirl. I'm like, dude, Supergirl has blonde hair. Supergirl's had blind blonde hair for 75 years. Stop it. Oh yeah, yeah. But she played a good Supergirl. Did she? Okay. Like she was she was good she was good in the role. Um, and there, you know there was a bunch of stuff out there, and they. It was kind of like open ended, so if they want it, if they want to, they can launch other stuff off that. Uh, there's no way they're having him back in that or any other role. Um, but they're gonna do kind of like a Superman Year One, so Henry's like too old for that. But Henry also had to deal with Amazon already set up to uh, be in charge of the entire Warhammer series yeah, for, for Amazon. And it's he's still weird because, like, Henry Cavill's, like, a moneymaker, and these companies just, like, keep, like, tossing him back off to the side. I'm like, that's your moneymaker. Mm-hmm. And that guy draws him. He drew money in for Superman, uh, The Witcher. You know, he's not even cast for the next one. That's why this season didn't do good. I didn't even watch it because, you know, why? Like, they already said, like, they're recasting him. Yeah, it, it went complete trash. Yeah, and like he's the only one that's trying to keep it on course to like the storyline. Mm-hmm. They're like, and they no, didn't they didn't use that because uh, the witch's daughter was like a minor thing, and you never even really see her in the game. It was just kind of like a mm-hmm. you don't see it till like the end of the game, and there's a you know there's just like a small conversation about her like early on, and then they turned her into the main character of the entire second series. Now he's just like, oh, I guess I'll just go make a. Warhammer a lot of money <laughs> because he's a diehard Warhammer player in yep. real life. Yeah, but you know when you get paid millions of dollars to play Superman, you can afford to buy all those overpriced Warhammer minis. Yeah, I think that, that mini cool. Warhammer yeah. looks cool, but I can never get into it. I'm like, that's too too um pay to play, Math, too mathy. Yeah, you got you got to do a lot of math, and I'm like. It's a game. I want to enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't want my spreadsheet in front of me. I go, for... I go I'm a nerd, not a geek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I was kind of that way with D&D. Look, they had a, a good DM. I'm just like, all right, Rick, what do I what do I need to change my stats to? I don't feel like doing the math. Just let me know. Yeah. I leveled up? Okay. <laughs> How many points do I get? <laughs> I would just fake level up because I'm like, you know, I would add up, you know, I wouldn't add him up. The DM would add him up and be like, you know, every time, you know, every every weekend day that we played, we played online. Um, so it was cool because there was like an automatic dice roller. So you would oh, just right. select what dice you had to roll and he would yeah. tell you what dice you had to roll. So, you know, <clears throat> luckily in my case, it was retard proof. So I get to play. <laughs> um, but we had a good time as a bunch of bunch of friends that were in a guild uh that used to play uh neverwinter from uh from cryptic oh, okay on the on the pc i still have it on this one you know once a year i'll i'll like download a patch that'll take my computer like you know three days to you know download and apply but so I do, you, do you play a lot of do you play a lot of games then 
I, I used to. Um, a friend of mine who, who sadly passed away a number of years ago got me hooked on MMOs. Like but World Warcraft? Like, yeah. No. Uh, Ever, EverQuest? No, no, not EverQuest. We did do, we did do WoW, mm-hmm. but there is a progression to that. He first got me hooked on the City of Heroes. Oh, the, the, the uh, superhero one. Yeah. yeah um, I played that a little bit. I think that's still actually a thing, to be honest. Um, it's on like a secret server, and oh, you gotta okay. you gotta you gotta know what you're doing to get, get on there and play. And mm-hmm. it it doesn't there's no way of saving anything. Um and then they came out with City of Villains, which was even cooler because the villains, as you know, get henchmen. So you pick whatever build you want and you get henchmen. And I'm like, that's awesome. So you could just, you know, with the right build, you could just order your henchmen to go take out like complete mobs and you're just sitting back here with a grenade launcher. You lob one off like, you know, every five minutes or something. (laughs) Then uh, we were in the beginning, we were huge uh, South Park fans. And as soon oh, as they like, aired that episode of, of Wow on South Park, <laughs> yeah, remember that one. That night, hopped in his truck, ran up the street to Best Buy, and uh, we both bought we both bought like you know the base game and and we played that for like years. But I'm like, I couldn't figure out where all my time was going. <laughs> it's an MMOs, <laughs> you know. I'm like, yeah. I'd get home. I was a I was a strip club DJ for like thirty years before I got sick and ended up in the chair, mm. and uh, so I would go home from work, be like three o'clock in the morning. I'm I'm still wound up, you know. Make myself a cocktail, sit down, and <coughs> Get start playing. Work. Next thing I know, I notice that the sun has risen, <laughs> and my landlord and friend who lived upstairs for me, uh, he was a school teacher. And in the winter time, he would he put got the like the electronic start on his truck, so he would start he would start his truck. And I'm like, oh crap! What time is it? Eight thirty. What the? Because <laughs> for a second, when you play MMOs like that, for a second before you realize what time and what day it is, you get like all proud of yourself that you've been kicking ass because you've like leveled up like nine times. And then you realize you've been playing for 14 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to like, uh, MMOs like, like too crazy. I did play uh, EverQuest when it was big. Um, a little bit of wow. Uh, I'll try wow once in a while. I, I don't know. I just can't stick with it anymore. Again, like yeah. you said, like being, being older, it's hard to get, it's, it's not really hard because I do have the time, but almost like maybe I don't have the patience for it. Like I just, I realize I'm like, all right, I'm off today from work. Do I, do I really want to sit around for like six hours to play this or, you know, it's like, it's one thing if you're like, okay, just paid all my bills. I have only enough money left to put gas in my car to go back and forth to work for the week. <laughs> yeah. And then all the time. Um, I was a beta tester on when Activision owned it for, uh, the Star Trek MMO, and I played it for like oh yeah, I forgot the Star Trek MMO four or five years. I mean, it's still going on, but they don't have like nearly 
half the people that used to play it. It's already kind of dying. Yeah. I know, I know there's going to be a, a, a new Star Wars MMO in the works. And that's supposed to be a thing. Yeah, but, you know, if Lucasfilm and Kennedy are in charge of it, you know, yeah. it, it's bound to look more like Tech Mobile than it is to look like a Star Wars yeah. game. Well, we've been rambling for two hours. I can tell you're starting to get tired of me already. So, uh, oh, I am. <laughs> no, I'm good. But yeah, if, if you want to wrap it up, we can. Because we went from uh, talking about Swarm to. Well, you can, you can only say so much about a comment. I yeah. mean, you got to run a show. Yeah, you, you, know. you don't want to, you know, you get to talk about other stuff too. Yeah. I mean. But, you know, don't forget to back Swarm today. The, yeah, I think uh, we're at a fifty-three percent. Let's see. Let's refresh and go up top. Boom! I said up top. What are you jumping around for? <laughs> Damn bugs! Yeah, I say we're at fifty-three percent. Still got forty days, so we're still pretty good on that. Um, I'd like to see at least. It'd be nice if I get to the two K mark. Before I reach my final 30 days. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It'd be good, you know, it'd be good to get to. I mean, it's a 50 page book. It's got awesome covers. Yeah. Uh, there's probably a few people that couldn't decide on a particular cover. So they jumped on the featured tier. And, yeah. Uh, so you had a lot of great people work on it. Uh, oh, another yeah. thing, you know, not saying you have to back my book, but the good thing about backing indie books, um, especially if I know I don't know how far into the realm of comics gate you are, um, but the important thing about uh, the community is when you back these books, you're also providing the jobs for those artists and to continue hiring them. Mm-hmm. That's that's another thing that people have to realize, like making sure that, you know, these artists uh, and the colorist, the letterist, all these guys, you know, to keep them uh, motivated, to keep them going. Uh, that way they keep getting jobs. You know, these projects have to, to move. They have to go forward or, you know, they don't have work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that people need to, to realize too, even if they don't check out Swarm, uh, there's plenty of other, uh, 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 come skate uh, campaigns going. Um, death, death, death. Yeah, death, death, death. Yeah, uh, I think we're at, uh, I can't think last time I looked at it, 80, 84K, I think, is where we're sitting on our mm-hmm. death, death, death. Uh, I say uh, uh, Ace, I think he has a new campaign coming out where I think it's a second chance of uh, White Leopard. Well, he's going to have that one fun in my comics. Um, yeah, you know, just, just that was just unfun my comic. I think he's doing a second chance on. Uh, oh, blood, a- bloodbone, bloodbone. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And then uh, um, you got Phil Diaz and Brandon Diaz doing Lost Pages three right now. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying, like, like make sure you make your rounds, check out these campaigns, uh, back whichever ones you you like or look interesting because, like I say, you 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 keep uh, the circulation going for the artist, the uh, the the colorist, all them guys, because, you know, they, in order for them to stick around uh, to get all this awesome stuff, 
they have to they have to have projects to work on you know yeah <laughs> you know, if things don't get funded and and you know I, the bad thing is like uh i've been in comics gate for i think three years and i hate seeing like certain like people have just like like vanished you know uh new faces come in uh but there's some projects i'm like damn man like i wish these people would have stuck around and and uh I would like to see more from them. Uh, maybe their campaigns just didn't do as well. You know, I mean, yeah. some people do have like a, a what, what's that? What's that word I'm looking for? Uh, rock star, almost like feel like they're going to be a rock star on their first campaign or campaign yeah. two, and you know, it, it, that's not the case. You got to build an audience. You know, um, don't be discouraged. Uh, uh, like I, you know, another thing too is like you know, fundraising um, is one side of things too so you know if, if your books didn't do as well uh through indiegogo you know got uh, fun my comics now uh they're picking up steam uh I, I never really tried kickstarter i never liked how like uh if you back a book but they don't take the money right away yeah you know, they only take the money afterwards i'm like i like to uh, i don't want like just one day be like oh where'd 30 dollars go where oh kickstarter <laughs> you know i like to know that it came out that day that's just me um I'm not quite sure how fun my comics does it. I haven't backed anything on them quite yet. Um, well, when you when you talk to Luke, there's like a few different ways you can you can do it. You can just leave it as almost like a permanent campaign until you want to close it. Yeah, I have seen people like have like 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 ungodly amount of days. Yeah, on there like like 180 days to go. I'm like, oh, okay, that's on there for a while. <laughs> um, there's you know. There's ways to set it up that, uh, like, about halfway through the campaign, you can like pull a partial payment, which will let you, you know, distribute distribute wealth to uh, your talent to uh, keep them motivated to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I say, you know, like uh, with with Swarm, you know, like it's, let's just say uh, for the sake of saying, like, you know, if I don't get funded, you know, uh, we actually, me and Joe. And Craig, uh, we started uh, a King Toad store. Like we have mm -hmm. our own, own page. So you know, what? if if I can't get funded, I mean, it, it kind of sucks because like you know, like the traffic for these shows and stuff, like Indiegogo, there's always kind of that like people's like, yeah. oh, I gotta back it that way, you know. So it'd be slower traffic, but you know, I you know, I worked hard enough to uh, get Swarm where it is that I'm not going to not have it available somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but I like it to, to to succeed on Indiegogo, but um. If it doesn't, like I say, I'll make sure that it will be available one way or another. Uh, yeah, in Indiegogo, the uh, I already, you know, I already got a shadow band. I was only, I was only for. Did you? I was gonna, I was gonna ask you because I was like, how, how did I get? Shot? I mean, I, I'm most people like, I never really post uh, negative stuff. Like, if you go to my Twitter, uh, yeah, I'm openly comics gate, but I don't, I know, I don't. I don't That's all it took. <laughs> yeah, I know. Apparently. <laughs> But the, I mean, I see big guys of Comics Gate, and like, I guess maybe if you make a certain range, like they just don't mess with. Well, them. when when you're in raising millions, they're like, yeah, they're yeah, like, I, I guess, I guess, I guess you can <laughs> stay. Yeah, but yeah, like I, I thought, it was, I was like, man, you guys could at least wait until I got funded and then shadow ban me. But they were like week one. I was like, really, week yeah, one? We, we start. We started the hashtag shadow ban, though just unpopular. God, it sucked. But uh, again, though, like I think with um, in the realm of like CG, a lot of our funding comes from like uh, uh, doing shows like this, 
and mm-hmm. uh, word of mouth more than like people just randomly finding you on Indiegogo. You know what I'm yeah. saying? A lot of a lot, so I'm not like I'm not one of those people that's like overly like hateful that I got shadow banned. It's, what I hate about it is Indiegogo is a company that takes a percentage of your sales. I'm like, so if you're taking a percentage of my sales, but you're also not letting people find it on their search engine, what the what the hell am I paying you for? And I, I have my own site. Now, if, if CG was like, hey, yeah, we'd buy your stuff off of your own sites, but that really just hasn't been a thing yet for CG. Like people still are very in their comfort zone of what's being funding right now. Yeah, so, kind of like everybody wants to do do everything on you know YouTube and they won't watch your show anywhere but YouTube. And I'm like, well, guess you won't be watching my show much longer because I won't be on YouTube much longer. Exactly. And no, I, I, I guess I try to follow the formula. You know, I, I listen to the big guys. You know, I don't. You know, I don't, I don't go my way. I'm not one of those guys that that, that tries to start shit um, in CG. There's enough stuff that goes on behind scenes that I don't want to be part of anyways. Yeah. You know it. We all know it. The fans know it. Um, and I try to listen to these guys, but sometimes I'm like, I, well, there's got, somebody's got to tell me a different path when it comes to certain things. Like, uh, you know, Malin's a big guy when it comes to, uh, you know, he doesn't like Kickstarter, which like I say, I'm, I'm not, I don't know much about Kickstarter myself, so I kind of stay away from it. You know, he's like, do Indiegogo. Indiegogo is the way to go. All right. I, I listen to these guys. You know, they've, they've been in the biz, you know. But when I'm getting shadow banned, I'm like, well, how long can I hold out in Indiegogo? You know, if if that company is is telling me they don't want me. You know, like I, I think you know. they basically want like all the big money tickets, like all the tech stuff. Yes. They yeah. want all the tech stuff on line. there. And they're basically they're they're trying to get rid of the comics on their site. Uh, Which is so stupid. To me, it's like money is money. Like, who cares? Like, as long as you know it's nothing like extreme. And, but I'm like, well, Kickstarter does the same thing too, where yeah. uh, every time they hire somebody, it's like, you know, one of the people that would like scream to the heavens on their hands and knees and cry uh, because Trump got elected like six years ago. And they'll hire them, and the first thing they'll do is they'll go through all the campaigns, and they'll stop blockchaining everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you don't even have to have any interaction with, say, EBS, but he's on your friends list or people you follow. <laughs> You're gone. You're done. Yeah, it's and I'm crazy. Like, it's crazy. The, the big thing on Kickstarter <clears throat> is that's where all the spicy covers are. Yeah, yeah. Um. I know uh, my buddy uh, uh, Dave has a uh, campaign rogue. Sorry, it took me a second. Oh yeah, yeah. you know Dave, I think, right? I yeah, think I on, do. He's on a yeah. show, right? Um, we had schedule conflicts, so he wasn't. But I had I had his artist on, but then okay. a bat with a wingspan about yay big got into my loft, and with my health issues, I couldn't stick around. I go. Dude, there's a big fucking bat in here. I got to get out of here. I hate to do this to you. I'll have you back on another time. We were only talking for like 20 minutes, and you know, I got chased literally out of the vacuum. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I know he has like some spicy covers on uh, his yeah. uh, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's, he's running he's running three. a Kickstarter, Indiegogo, fun my comics. So if anybody's interested, check out uh, Rogue. Rogue. But uh, the American Dream. I, I I really debated when I first started working on the, the Indiegogo to actually have available in Indiegogo and um, 
fund my comics. But I was like, I don't know if I want to try to run two pages. Like, you know, then then like when I do like shows like this, I'd have to have them like, be like, oh, that's also on this. And then they check out the tiers on that. And uh, I don't know how that, that translates. I'm one of those people like maybe I just have, I have an expansion, like a attention expand of like a goldfish. <laughs> like, so if I'm watching a show and like if somebody gets too um, uh, into like the tiers and then they go to another place of tiers, I'm kind of like, I, I, I'm, it's just, it might just be me. I'm just kind of like, and next show, you know, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to be mean. It's just my attention expands like, okay, I'm going to fall asleep if I have to like, <laughs> you know. Well, he, he went like, that way so he could have like, three exclusives one to each platform yes yes um kickstarter for the spicy ones uh fun my comic for like the regular ones and indiegogo for the regular ones and there's uh you know his uh his cosplay covers yeah yeah but i think uh i for me i think for like uh once i get through indiegogo um and it succeeds or doesn't succeed who knows um i might do the uh Fun my comics as well. I might just do like a, a have like a, a variant cover or something for for over there. Um, because I, I do want to give them a shot too. I just didn't know how well I would do like with trying to manage two campaigns also while working in regular life. You know, yeah, just, just all that. I didn't want to overload myself. <laughs> you know, um, especially with this being my first like big project for myself, I guess. Because I, I did Mothman, but it was a uh, it was a 20 page floppy um, kind of really just breaking into just how this all works. Mm -hmm. um, Getting your feet oh, wet. Yeah. Yeah. But this was my big, bigger project. You know, like I say, a 50 page book uh, and having it completely done, you know, and, and I, which is with everything that was going on with it. I'm like, I, I just had to keep all my focus, uh, you know, where I didn't want to, I didn't want my brain to explode. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, you know, if I, you know, I, yeah, I didn't want to have to try. Like, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to find you floating at the top of the goldfish bowl. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> like this little, that was little funny, but what a dick. Takes too much. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I, I, no, <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, I do know uh, the biggest, one of the bigger selling points behind Fund My Comic is the fact that there's nothing on that site but comics and games. Yeah, yeah. And so at least you're, you're finding your audience a lot. And they take the least amount of a percentage out of the creators. Yes. It's it's a very low amount. Uh, it's basically just to keep the maintenance and, and new, uh, you know, features yeah. uh, coming on the on the platform. And, I mean, it's it's been doing well for like a lot of people and more and more people are discovering it now and it's only been five months yeah and i mean luke was talking to a guy from uh the long box podcast this afternoon and uh he had backed uh a couple of projects from there and gotten his books and um was like thrilled with stuff he got so it's you know it's all it's all relative, but you can do stuff there. You can't do on other platforms. Like you can tip the customers can tip the website uh, for like, say swarm was on there. Now we can go to the swarm campaign page. We can tip the website and the more dollars you tip the website. Well, on a certain campaign page that will move that campaign further up the list. Um, 
it's a combination wow. of that and uh, you know how many people are going to that campaign page and how many you know how many people are purchasing off that campaign will eventually like rise it up rise it up to the top yeah well another thing is uh luke does a pretty good job of promoting himself as well oh yeah like he'll, he'll promote like campaigns he'll, he'll find campaigns that's like like all right they're struggling he'll he'll uh have a show about it um and he'll also you know he'll he'll highlight the ones that are doing really great like i'll, I'll catch a show here and there but yeah which is like I said, that's pretty cool like you know him taking the time to you know promote uh yeah because you know he's a starting off business so he wants it to succeed so he has to have these campaigns show progress you know for his own you know thing to work it, you yeah know? so i like to, every you know, every week he does a stream uh you know things that are new or that they're addressing on the site uh yep. does it every week does it an fmc update every week and even when he's doing uh, a couple of his own streams like uh like nerd bacon yeah. in the morning on thursday morning tomorrow morning by the way i think that's when i see a lot because i say i work thirds so i'll catch like some of his morning stuff um like after they take care of like the news and the banter back and forth with all the uh all the co-hosts uh you know if he sees something that is a good project but needs a little push he'll highlight that and i did that like uh about a month or so ago I had a guess that, you know, life happened and they couldn't, they couldn't make the episode. So I rewrote the episode as basically a highlight reel for the show. And I put on like, I went through like five or six uh, campaigns. A couple of them were like second chance campaigns. Like uh, let people know that, you know, there was a second chance campaign on the last Mary boys project from Chubb. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, stuff like that. So I just like highlighted five things and some of the people I've had on and talked to and just, you know, okay, we'll take a look at this one, take a look at that one and, you know, spread it out there. And, you know, every couple of weeks I'll just go to the site and start, you know, start sharing out, you know, a couple of new campaigns. Well, I mean, a lot of them did great. Uh, <clears throat> apparently from, from all the, all the leftist hate, uh, Mike Barron is now a uh, diehard uh, FMC fan because hit pieces won't get him kicked off of our platform. Hmm. You know, or I know uh, I don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, um, oh, what do they call it? I keep on. What's the what's the mermaid one? Oh, Merkmaid. Merkmaid. I know it. Uh, I like the little uh, what is it, Stabastion, Stabastion, or something like that. Stabastion, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, it's doing it. It's done really, really good on uh, on my comics. I think that's like, uh, like the first like big, big one, right? Yeah, it did phenomenal. Uh, he wasn't able to come on, but I had I had Piper and Eric on. Awesome. And I need to actually go on. I have, that's one person I haven't been on a show with uh, is Piper. Like I, I don't know if she still does a show or not. Uh, yeah, she still does stuff. I know uh, she does. She, she, she actually she have yeah. like that, uh, like kind of like where she just kind of hung out. Yeah. Like, I didn't know if she did like guests and stuff. I don't know. I didn't, I haven't watched some of her stuff in a while. I'm not sure. That's I one, know that's one person I, I haven't she, really. She guests on. I had her on about a year and a half ago, uh, just talking about, you know, random, random stuff. 
you know, kind of how we ended up on random stuff here. <laughs> um, hey, those are the best kind of shows, though. Yeah. You never know what's going to come up. Like, uh, and you had like, I think we had like 30 people in the chat that day. It, the only show that I've had go like, you know, major watch hours mm -hmm. is I interviewed the original act actor that portrayed Captain Marvel. Yeah, the guy with the cape. You might know him as Shazam. Mm -hmm. From the Saturday morning live action show. I interviewed him. Huh. I've had cool. over 4,000 watch hours. That was three years ago. <laughs> I still get comments on that feed. And we'll just end up having like a two-hour conversation in like response time to uh, to people at like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, but uh, we'll wrap this up. Uh, I will be downloading this. This will be uploaded to my Rumble channel. Please follow my Rumble channel so I can get off of YouTube uh, and just stream live there. Uh, also, it'll be up on my Odyssey channel. It'll be going up on my actual just listening to stuff channel, which is my podcast. And uh, a link from one of those other two third-party channels will be going up on my Minds account. That I always forget I have. And then I, <laughs> like, oh, oh, I'll get a notification. Somebody just watched this show. Somebody just watched. Oh, really? It got upvoted. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, and talking to me. Um, everybody, go go check out Swarm. The uh, the link is in the uh, it's in the chat and it's also in the description down below. Uh, if you have trouble accessing it. Uh, just hit me up and I will give you the link that I use to actually get to the swarm page for the show today. Or you can just, you can just contact Shane directly. Yeah. I have it right. My, uh, my, my Twitter, like if you go to my Twitter, it's right there on the. And Shane's Twitter is listed in the description, either down below or up above, depending on where you're watching us. Yeah. So this is, this has been fun because we talked about just about everything under the stars. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. I think we did. <laughs> Star Trek, Star Wars, anything uh, with stars. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we brought up manga and we told we were gay. Sorry, Edward. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna go report to Mo Biggs. We're all we're all gonna be in hot water. <laughs> oh, it's not even bath day. What the hell? So you got forty days left on this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm running the whole the whole sixty day shebang. Uh, see where it goes from there. I got. Where am I going to be tomorrow? Uh, Narwhal. I'm going to be on Narwhal show tomorrow. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, uh, I think it's seven. I think I think Joe's going to be on there. Me and Joe will be on Narwhal tomorrow, uh, and then uh, Friday is Diaz Brothers. Uh, can't think what their show is called. Not not Hardline because Hardline's Mondays, but they have a show on Fridays as well. Yeah, you know. So we'll be. I'll, I'll be on there. I don't know if Joe's gonna be on that one, but I'll, I'll be on that. At I think that's that might be a seven or eight o'clock one as well. And then I'll let, I'll let then my Monday. 
or be on a, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I got, I got too many shows now. Monday, I'll be someplace else. Yeah, uh, Monday. So just keep an eye on my Twitter and you'll see where you're going to be. See where I'll be. <laughs> have you, uh, have you talked to Jesse over at the Common Nerd? Uh, is Dave he the guy? Does he usually have like like sunglasses on? He's like a goatee. Yep. Uh, I me and him DM'd. Uh, we we're supposed to set something up, so I'm just waiting for uh that to come. come I'll hit him up. He was up. They were doing a stream earlier, uh, and I was I was cracking on him because he wasn't there. His wife was sitting in in his place. I'm like, wow, Jesse got better looking. Oh wait, maybe he just took off his his bowler and sunglasses. And everyone's like, yeah, that's it. He took off his sunglasses. Global frequency. That's where I'll be Monday. I had to look it oh, up. Oh, okay. You'll be, you be with Neff and Freak Girl on Monday. Yeah, uh, Joe should be on that one as well. Cool. We just got game to come on here with you and me. Yeah. I'm sure if I had gotten to him in time, been like, hey, Shane's coming on to talk swarms. You want to <laughs> bounce in? He, he's oh. better at the the... The nerd talk than I am, I think. The banter. Yeah, he's he's more familiar with the uh, the the artist and, and stuff like that than I am. Well, because Rightfully he is. So. <laughs> because he is. Artist. Yeah. He, he remembers all the artists. <laughs> he remembers everything. Yep. Yep. No, I'll be right back. I need another pack of smokes. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay Joe. I am looking forward to death, death, death because. That book looks awesome. Yeah, that's a good thing about. Uh, well, let's say we're in the same company, and he also only lives, you know, a minute away. So I get to drive down there and just kind of look at pages as he's drawing them and stuff. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think I ordered the uh, dare I say manga version. Oh yeah, okay. Because my daughter's into manga, so I figured I'd read it first, and when I got finished reading it, uh, that she would probably, you know, check it out or something in there like struck her eye. She. She'd probably like, you know, want to borrow the book and read it. I know. I need to take a, a picture of my hair right now because <laughs> I know I'm going to lose it once I have to start fulfilling death, death, death with him. <laughs> and it's going to be. You're going to uh, like this. Because uh, we got <laughs> so many different versions of like, you got the black and white, you got a color version, you got a manga version. You also got people that back, you know, all three tiers of that or whatever, you know. So me and him. Because I'll be, you know, obviously I won't be with him uh, packing all that and mailing it out and all that stuff, so. Actually, no. I, I bought the hardcover. Oh, yeah, okay. The hardcover, yep. I'm like, because I had put the manga in in the in the checkout, and then I kept scrolling. I was like, there's a hardcover. Oh. That's another thing. I guess if, if you're like, you look at Swarm, you're like, you know what, maybe it's not until like the... Uh, superhero thing like i say you know as king toad we're trying to build our, our company up you know if you don't like the superhero thing we have death 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 still funding so you can always check that out um we need to work on that's probably one thing we have a king toad uh site uh we probably should here soon get some king or uh, not king toad but uh, uh death 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 side merch we might have to wait a little bit just to uh, let him finish that up first get the mm -hmm. books out there and then kind of but, you know, it wouldn't hurt to maybe get some shirts made up. Yeah. Um, something like that. Because uh, right now we do have, like, the Mothman shirts. We have King Toad shirts. we got some cups. 
uh, some small merch. Like I say, we got the Ace uh, Volume Two on there, uh, trying to help Ace out uh, to get his extra copies he has, you know, moved. Uh, so we're also working on that as well because eventually we we would like to just go away from Indiegogo and, and stuff like that and just be able to just sell it direct uh, on our site. Uh, but that's the only reason I didn't I didn't throw Swim on there quite yet. Um, I, I wanted to wait. Once we get uh, death, death, death in people's hands and people are like, oh, shit, you know, King Toad, uh, Shane and John are really serious about this. And then maybe we will start driving people to the actual site. And then if that mm-hmm. works, then I won't, have to, I won't even do uh, so much the crowdfunding as much. So I'll just get my book done and just have it on there where people can just, you know, buy it that day. Oh, but, sure. you know, I got to make sure the market's there for that. And, you know, I, I know, like I say, with CG, they really like to stay focused on like, who's funding on Indiegogo right now. So I wasn't ready to quite quite take that risk until, you know, the fans get the death, that death and get really excited about what we're doing at King Toad. And, and, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You're like, yep. We know we're getting there. We're we're, we're trying to move it to like a, where we don't have to rely on like a a third party. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's the, the biggest thing. Like in CG and the indie scene itself is, yeah, they fulfill. Yeah, uh, uh, Bancroft, uh, I think his newest book, I th- he might still have it on Indiegogo. I'm not too sure, but I, I know he he also had it on his site to fund. I don't know if he has it on both. I don't know if he has it on IGG, but I know he has it on his site because that's where I looked at it. Okay, yeah. So, like, you know, he he's a perfect example of he built his audience uh, and – is able to direct traffic to his site versus the Indiegogo. So he's able to kind of eliminate um, the middleman, the middleman, which is awesome. And I think uh, that's what everybody's driving for uh, to, to get to that, that goal. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. That's, that's basically the, the end game. Cause I mean, three years ago I was asking people, um, so when these crowdfunding platforms go belly up or kick you off because they don't like, you gotta have an exit route. You know, you can't, you can't put all your chips in, in one, one, uh, basket. And you, you, there's, gotta, you gotta, there's, there's a ton of people that are, you know, they're running everything off of their own, you know, website, or you can go to their website after fulfillment of their campaign is done, no matter where they run it yeah. and purchase it, you know, after the fact and, you know, and obviously, you know, guys like uh, Billy Tucci and Graham Nolan have their own websites that you can go to. Yeah. But they've also got another thing that they're working on with with Chuck and a few other of the big, big, bigger names that uh, um, they got it set up almost like a, a virtual spinner rack where you can get news and information about new projects coming up. And, oh, uh, cool. and then... Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti was talking about possibly m- making a brand new like wizard style magazine. Yeah, I knew. Remember, um, uh, they, what was that one that they, they did? Oh, Rocket. They, there was Rocket. I thought there was a second one, but I, I, hopefully that works. I think the bad thing about that, as long as you can get it in a timely manner where like those projects <laughs> don't yeah. come and go. I think that's the hard thing about doing the magazines. 
uh, but those guys, I think they had the, the capability of, of getting out fast, you know, because it's just, you know, uh, previews and stuff like that. Because uh, I think JB was on one of those as well. There's another magazine. Dang, I wish I could remember what it was, but. I know, I know Sim put out the, uh, yeah, basically, a, like a previews catalog for CG yeah. up on, you know, it was like a 99 cent download from Amazon. Yeah. And it was highlighting uh, current ones and uh, ones that were on the way. So people yeah. could go through and, and look at like, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of uh, upcoming campaigns. Yeah. Yep. Which is awesome. So we're going to we're going to wrap it here. Make sure to follow Shane over on the Twitters. On the old Twitters. The X Twitters. And if you're really old, you can find me on the Book of Faces as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Book of Faces. <laughs> I'm like a I'm like a convicted criminal over there. <laughs> I've had up to ninety days in in Facebook jail. <laughs> Where's a? I, I believe he, he considers himself. Yeah, he's a CG guy. Uh, what's I remember his name? He's been working on a comic. Greg. Greg. Damn, I wish I could I can't even think of his project. But I swear he's like banned like all the time on Twitter, Facebook. So like here just randomly here pop just, up. Like, Justin Gray? I can't, I can't he's been, he's working on like a, a book where like it's like a devil kid. Dang. Oh, Belial? I can't remember, but uh He's banned all the time. I'm like, well, sooner or later, he might get around to be able to promote a book. <laughs> he just keeps getting himself banned. Oh, yeah. I'm like, they're memes. Well, I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, who cares what you appreciate? You're banned again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> One less place to for me to waste my time like I'm on an MMO. Yeah. yeah. So... Well, Shane, thanks for so much for coming on and hanging out and uh, talking to us about everything, especially Swarm. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And now I'm going to go eat dinner and, and download this episode so I can upload it to like all these other places. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Everybody have a good night. Go check out Swarm. And Thomas and I will see you Saturday night for a new episode of OK Boomer.